This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. What's up, guys? This is Thomas Dopaziola, whatever you want to call me. Welcome back to the Dope As Usual podcast. We're here to talk about life, problems, drugs, accomplishments, and everything in between. Guys, the reason we're doing this intro, I know you're expecting to see Felipe right here. The reason we're doing this, guys, is because me and him started talking. Our guest today is Felipe Esparza. You may have seen him on the winner of Last Comic Standing. You've probably seen him at some of your stand-up shows here in L.A. He's just a super funny person. I'm a fan before we ever thought about doing a podcast. So the second Marty told me we booked him, I was extremely hyped, guys. I'm an actual fan of this man before anything. And for those of you binge watching on Netflix, Hulu, yes, this is Felipe Esparza. He is on the show, Superstore. So I know a lot of you guys are fans. I have a lot of homies that watch that. So you're going to recognize this guy. This is just a, I feel like these podcasts are a dip into the life that you might not know or dip into the stories you might not have heard. So guys, today's really, really it's for me. I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm a fan, like I said. So this is going to be a fun episode for me. Guys, it's the weird intro we've never done, but we just started talking. Sat down, we just started talking. No intro, no nothing, and I forgot. So thank you guys so much for watching. Let's get the episode started. Mic check, mic check. All you right. roll these up. Yes, sir. Cool. No hash in it, just weed. No worries. Yeah, we went over P-Dogs and shit last episode. I know, right? Smoking <laughs> cracking wow, bloods. <laughs> P-Dogs dipped in PCP. See, the PCP is the one that got me. I didn't know about that, and I, sm- I took a zip of it, laced it to Oregon. I got all <laughs> fucked up when I went to my dad's house. And I was trying to tell you. Sherm, whatever it is. Lovelies. Is that what they're called? They used to call them lovelies in my neighborhood. My neighborhood was like um, the Sherm spot, if you want to call it a Sherm spot. Really? Yeah. It's meth in my town. Well, back in the you know, it had his, it's, um, it changes, you know, because my neighborhood started off as Thai Bud, bro. Like when there was no one else to get the good Bud, back in like 1980. 81, 82, 83, 84, 85, 86, 87. If you wanted to get the best Thai bud, you would go to my neighborhood. They would call it, they used to call it Thai Town. Really? Thai, no, they would call it Thailand. Thailand. Because I, they would saw big, long strips of Thai bud that was just pure good was stuff. Thai bud like on a stick? Yeah. Like the, Thai stick. Yeah, they're trying to, Thai, they're Thai trying stick to marijuana. Uh, dry it out, correct? Yeah, Thai and they would just sell it like that on a stick. Like a kebab. <laughs> <laughs> That's so a lot of the guys from the neighborhood, they will write Thailand on their on their backs, you know, their tattoos. Over the weed? Oh, yeah. And then <clears throat> that that spot dried out, and they were selling. Um, I don't know what they were selling because I stopped hanging around there. But in my neighborhood where I grew up, they were selling PCP. Like, in, like dips, man. Like Cars would pass by, and they would just, how much you want, 20 so just dip the cigarette, twenty pour, ten dollar pour, whatever pour, the full pour, the wet stick, you know. 
I don't know how much that was, but it was it was a a lot of business there. I was I was like in junior high. I was about to ask, how old were you watching? I was in junior high, elementary school, because I know that section they were called the chain. We're talking about Bo Heights, right? Yeah, the projects, um, Pico Gardens, Pico Aliso. Which is now demolished, right? Demolished. Now it's, um, I think it's just a number. (laughs) Yeah, man. It's like, it's an ancient burial ground. Demolished is in like, all the buildings are smashed. All the buildings got, got taken down in 97, 96. Is that or is that not where they filmed some training day? Or am I off? No, they built, they filmed Blood in, Blood out. Oh, no shit. Where? Is that the tree? No, not the tree where, um, where, um, where, um. Come on, I know that movie. Wells, I want to know where. I know, no, no, where. Where Miklo's mom lived. Oh, okay. We're in the house at first. She's doing her hair and shit. Yes, that's the neighborhood. That's that's the projects. And also in um, Boulevard Nights. Boulevard Nights. I only watched it once. It's an old kid. school movie. Um, the main guy's girlfriend lived. Actually, he she lived in the same house where Miklo's mom lived in Blood and Blood Out. Oh, same no house. Damn, they must have paid them to use that shit. That's tight. Yeah, as like fuck. imagine. You're ghetto at home with using two Cholo movies. Right? Like like some Friday shit. You just see uh, they have a sign in the yard of Friday, $10 to take a picture or don't stop. Over there too in Chinatown too. We shot Rush Hour too. No shit. Yeah, the Rush Hour scene in the Chinese restaurant. Damn. See, I'm not up on this, man. Right there on Chinatown, on, right there in Chinatown, downtown LA, there's a big unlettering. Um, Chris Tucker... And um, what, what the other actor? Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan yeah. shot Rush Hour here. No shit. And the whole set. Well, the, the restaurant's the same. Yeah, of course. Of course. That's tight as fuck. See, I'm That's, not up on this movie. I've, I've lived here for like six years probably. Where you from? Uh, you know where Fresno is? Yeah. I'm from Merced. I'm like right by Fresno. Merced, what's up? Oh, you know? Yeah, I performed there at Merced. What? At, that, at the, I don't know the, the name of the theater, theater, but there's a Coca-Cola sign right across the street. Yeah, the old school theater. It's a 7-Up and Coca-Cola, right? Yes. Mexican restaurant. Damn, that place is scary as fuck. Damn. The tower? Yeah, that's what I performed. I've been to Merced. I've been to... When I first started off in stand-up, I did every farm town in California. No shit. Bakersfield, Visalia, Porterville, Los Baños. Damn, nobody ever hears about these. This is where I'm from. That's where I'm from. Los Banos is like the little version of Merced. Yeah, you're doing all theaters in all these little towns? Yeah, they had tiny little theaters because I, I did the I didn't know this, but when I shot my my special, um, translate this, I shot it in San Jose. Uh-huh. And that, that's like that's like a San Jose theater. I think it's to be owned by Fox. But that's where Charlie Chaplin's movies used to play and Ch- the three studios were performing there live after really? they, they were done with movies. But I didn't yeah, know that every the, every farm town has a theater. Yeah, we have one. Bakersfield has one, the Fox. Then Visalia has one too, the Fox. Everybody has to do a quinceanera somewhere. Probably, man. Yeah, no, it's true. You got to keep these um, migrant workers entertained, bro. bro like, they want to stop working. Like I was telling him, it's nothing but like my cousin type people and meth heads. That's pretty much it. And everybody talk like this, you know? Fuck oh, that. <laughs> You don't like the Raiders? That's how I grew up because I'm a Packer fan and growing up. Over these there. people will drop the N word in Spanish like it's part of their language. Yeah. Because I remember I was working with a promoter and um, somebody asked him, um, who's that comedian? And he said it right in front of the other, some other black guy. No, 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 it's not Mayate, bro. He's funny. And he said it like nothing, bro. Like, you know, like it's part of his language. Damn. And he didn't even care if there was a black dude there who didn't know Spanish. It's a farm town for sure. For real, man. Yeah. 
Porterville is lumber. Is it really? Yeah, they cut lumber. And I know I know it because I know, you know, by Celia is like the walnuts, I guess. I don't know, man. Damn, I just know. See, I, I just yeah, nah, he's pulling deep local and references and shit. I've been there. But like I said, when I used to sell weed and shit, I would just drive by these places. I never really stopped. I fucking stopped in Delhi. You never stopped at Button Willow? What the fuck is that? <laughs> what is this? It's probably some obscure Bro, casino. Button Willow is like the place where you look at your, you do, you're like, you're running out of gas coming from San Francisco. And you're like, you're not even near Bakersfield yet. And you go, fuck it. Where do I stop? Oh, shit. Look, there's a gas station 56 miles away from here <laughs> called Button Willow. And right across the street, there's a there's the um there's a um in and out. So we have the in and out and that's it in the gas station and get on the freeway and go back home. Where is this at, man? Because I drive a lot. It's stressing me out thinking about trying to sell out a comedy show in that town. I it's know easy. I, I never sold us <laughs> I never been to Buttonwellow, but the the places where I've been to, like our Merced, Visalia, those places. People show up, man. There's not much to do. So when Salinas you know. Yeah, yeah, Salinas, yeah, yeah, that's way mm. up there. Yeah, that's deep. Visalia and Fresno and Clovis mm. and shit. They show up, man. Like, they get all dressed up, you know. They're not like here in LA where they wear tennis shoes, you know. They they get really dressed straight, up, man. Straight dress pants. Like when a, when a comedian goes into town, you know, in these towns like Visalia, the whole city makes money, man. Not just the mm. comedian. Because they got to go buy clothes. <laughs> they got to go get a haircut. So the barbers are making money, man. It's true. You know, the dope man's making money, man. Everybody wants that little that little powder for the show or that little weed for the show, you know? No, the true. liquor store is selling out alcohol. Most of these shows where I do, I get this, oh, man, we ran out of beer. Oh, shit. Like, I did a theater in Visalia where they ran out of beer. At the theater. And somebody did a beer run to a 7-Eleven and just bought beer from there and started yeah. selling it at the theater. Fuck it. It's a small town. Visalia is like a small town where the promoter gets you know like he knows how to make money like like all the signs are on on like these um these car these wooden slats you just put in the middle of the street you know the ones you put right outside they have the menu on it oh yeah yeah. but instead it says Felipe Esparza oh shit tonight the Visalia Fox Theater he knows all about this promoter shit right here and but this dude take it to the next level bro like like, instead of hiring a bartender, he hires a bartender in school. Hey, how about you guys come over here? You could grade a student how well they do. Smart. Love that. Fuck that's, okay. that's and, shit I'd be doing. And then he has Budweiser sponsor the show. Free so beer. the part of the beer already paid for so it's being sold. You've seen this first bud, Bro, I went to a comedy show there where I was coming to the comedy show. And it was a lot of people. And there were like five Budweiser tents already. People are drinking before the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it's worse when people are shit faced at the shows? For me, it's fine. You know, people are happy when they're drunk. People yeah. at my shows don't get don't want to stab nobody, bro. No, why? You know, why they get they're happy, bro. They're like they're like over thirty four. You know. Okay, they're established. Most of the people, and if you're there, twenty one years old, you've probably been fucking up your whole life, and your dad made you come with him. Oh shit! Do you think the comedy show? Yeah, man. You think so? I look at that. these faces like this guy right here. With his face all tattooed, he really wanted to come to my show? Or they forced him? There probably was an intervention for him to come to my show. I don't know, they, man. You got to come lap. Nah. But there are some fans that are my fans, but sometimes I look at yeah. them and he goes, they walk up to me, I don't know who the fuck you were, man. 
But oh. man, I'm you may I'm your biggest fan now. Mm-hmm. Got you. My dad made me come. Yeah, because you've been experiencing this for how long? How long have you been doing comedy? I started doing stand ups in, in nineteen ninety and five, bro. Oh wow. Damn. But, but I I got my first T V credit in ninety six. Good showtime with Greg Giraldo. Nice. Paul Rodriguez. A lot of comedians who are not here no more. There, all right, there's a question I want to ask. I've asked a lot of people yeah. this. Where was the day that you were doing comedy, you're into it, the day you went home and went, damn, this is what I'm fucking doing? Because like, there's that excitement you get when you fucking venture into something new and you kill it. My first time I went up on stage at this coffee house right there on, I think, um, Fountain Avenue. It's called the Fountain Theater now. But before it was called the Natural Fudge because the owner and the, they were hippies. So it was all vegan, vegetarian and stuff. I didn't oh, even wow. know it was a vegetarian stuff, man. I just like, damn, it's just like crappy. <laughs> <laughs> and he salt. But there was like, this, this, I'm not mocking vegan food, you know, now. Yeah, but I was talking about like vegan food before. Raw Before Monty's Burgers, you know. Yeah, I feel you. Pre-daily, real food daily, you know. Yo. We're talking about just sandwiches with. That's my with spot. Gr- with grass in it, you know. Yeah, wheat shot grass and fucking avocado toast. Yeah, that type of stuff, man. Yeah. I was not ready. So that's that's the type of stuff they had there. And I went up on stage, man. I thought I killed. You know, when you're young, you don't know what funny is. You just know you're funny. So I went up there, man. I did my seven minutes that I written down on paper. I don't even know what I I just went through it real fast. I kind of make fun of some people there because there was a... (laughs) I started making fun of the audience because it was a tough gig, bro. It was like a... It was a punk... Comedy night. So. And my, you, you're up to hair still or no pre No hair, bro. I have hair shorter than you, bro. I oh. look like it just came out of the American me set. Oh, shit. This is 1995? This is 1996, yeah. I had short, bald hair, buzz, a big head. So you started making fun of motherfuckers in the audience? Yes. <laughs> there, was this, there was a guy that performed Short before show. me, and he was like wearing a black suit, a black tie. He, he looked like men in black. Gotcha. But this way before Men in Black. And um, he was funny, and I had to follow him. I said, give it up for the last comedian, man. I didn't know black people were Amish, eh? Oh, shit. He must be Amish. <laughs> I went to his house. He had no electricity. He had no food. He had no <laughs> television. This guy is totally off the grid. First show? First show, bro. And oh. everybody laughed at that. And then I made fun of this other woman because um, she was kind of atheist, and I was like Catholic. Because she was, she was heckling the comedians, bro. Somebody yelled out, what do you tell someone who's not Christian? If someone, what was that guy's joke? If someone says, if, if an atheist needs this, what do you tell him? And that lady who yelled out, you tell her to fuck off. Oh. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so I started making, making fun of her. You know, I said, give it up for, um, for, um, for Ashley Rose, is Axel Rose's sister. Get the fuck out of here. She's the own talented Rose, you know. She just likes to drugs. And chill and yell at people. And everybody laughed. So then I went to my material, which was not funny at all. I said a horrible joke, bro. I said, I'm, I said, I'm going to make a movie right now. I was trying to be like Paul Rodriguez, you know, and do the comparison thing between Mexicans and white people. So I said, there are not that many... Um, Mexican movie, um, um, American uh, movies here with uh, Mexicans in a way. Not even native movies, man. We'll do my own movie, like Last of the Mohicans. It's going to be about the last Mexican in L.A. 
called Last of the Mojados. Oh my God, that was your joke? Yeah, bro. I mean, that shit. It's it's a joke. It's cool. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's, your first, it's cool. And then I said that um, I said not another joke about um, it was another joke that was not funny, but I thought it was it's not funny. I said it. it's embarrassing now. I think about it. Um, I said um, I said what if um, Romeo and Juliet was in my neighborhood? Eh? It'll be Romeo all cracked out. Oh, on the floor looking for crack, yelling out for Julia, Juliet, Julia, <laughs> throw down my lighter, bitch. <laughs> Fuck you, Romeo. I don't want to see you again, you fucking crackhead. Yo, wait. So, what neighborhood is this ball heights you're comparing all this to? Yeah. And then, oh like, people are not laughing, but. Wait, for real? Uh, yeah. So, the next week, bro, I brought, I invited, invited like 15 of my friends for, for audience members. Nice. So, they, they were like laughing and shit. Juicing it up and Juicing shit. Juicing it up. Fuck it. Well, why do you think you weren't funny? No, I, I thought I was. Fu- no, you know, just don't, you don't know, man, but um, it must have been funny, but I don't remember hearing no laughs. Because uh, I was talking, <laughs> I was talking real fast. But you didn't this have is the, your cadence yet, or something? No way! I was deadpan, bro. I was like, like I was talking. I would deliver all my jokes like comedians, like Stephen Wright and and Mitch Hedberg. Oh, very monotone. Very monotone. So still funny. But my jokes were like this. The last guy that was here, the, the last guy was here. I think he was Amish, right? He was a black Amish guy. I mean, I mean, he had no car. I mean, he had no electricity. Then everybody will start laughing. And I said, today I was shopping, lifting. Shopping, lifting. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but I get it. I, yeah. I mean, it's monotone if that's your thing and you play to it. But if that's not you, obviously it's not you. Nah. But the owner of the place, his name was Johnny Roberts. And he had a, what was, uh, back then, if you guys don't know, it's, if you ever, if you ever um, have cable, I don't know if it still exists, but if you go to Channel 3, if you had local cable, it's just like a like a um, community community um, channel where anybody in the community can have a, oh, a have show. Oh, have a show. Yeah, yeah. Local access. Yeah. Yeah, as long as you, I guess you don't have to pay. You, you have your own show, but you just have to commit to it, to do it, your own show. So I, I will watch these shows. There was a show called Colin's Sleazy Friends, and these two guys named Colin and his friend, um, Danny, I don't know, Danny, or another, I got a name, Dino. Danny, it was Colin and Dino, Colin and CD Friends. They were just like you and I, bro, doing a podcast, except it was on local access. And he would interview pornos. And at the end, bro, you know what I mean? They start shaking them booze, bro. Like a little, you could see a little bit of naked, you know? So that was like my thing before I used to watch. So his show was on <laughs> the guy I met, Johnny Roberts. His show was oh, on, met him? on Tuesdays. No, it was a different guy. Oh, okay. But he had his show at the same place. So he was like, hey, buddy. We're going to do a comedy show, live comedy show. Um, we want you to be in it. You know, it, it pays 25 bucks. So just come on down here Tuesday nights. So, man, I thought I made it, bro. I'm a re- First show, I'm already going to be on fucking television. They're paying you? 25 bucks. <laughs> and so I went there, bro, and like there's an audience now, and I was on local access. But I didn't know local access. I thought it was like big time, like Comedy Central or something. Yeah. But I didn't know. So. TV, though. I know. At that, How old were you? 26, 25. I thought it was the shit. It's still the shit, though. Yeah, and I, I met um, Jamie Kennedy that day. Jamie Kennedy? Probably, yeah. Oh, uh, what was it? Malibu's uh, Most Wanted. Jamie Kennedy Malibu's Most Wanted. Yeah. yeah. Jamie Kennedy Experiment. That was funny. No shit. See, that's like that's the day you realize, like, oh, fuck, I'm getting paid. I got on TV. That's the day you feel you felt it? Because I always ask, like, what's I met the a day? comedian who lived in his car. Oh, no shit? Yeah, he was living in his car back then. No, I didn't know that. 
I didn't even know either, man. Like, um, so somebody told me, like, no, he, you, know, he, you, you got to look out for your friends, man. If you're listening right now, man, look out for that friend that stays, that always hangs out really late. You know, like he's the last one to leave. Maybe he had nowhere to go, man. So, um, yeah. so that was Jamie. I didn't know that he had nowhere to go, but he never told anybody. But we always treat him to eat, you know. Nice, good shit. Damn. But now the next car? year, man, he got an MTV video, and then he had no place. So good shit. Well, I mean, that was sure. one came out. I remember that. That's how it goes. It's one of those like, damn, that shit was dumb, but the funniest shit ever. Mm. You know, it's one of those slapstick comedies. That shit's forever a cold classic. Yeah, yeah man. Sure. So if you have a friend, man, you got with hang, you got to hang, hang around deep, smoking, and everybody leaving. He's always the last one to leave. You got to ask him, man. You have somewhere to go, homie, because sometimes they're embarrassed to tell you, man. No, I feel that. No, I've had a couple homies like that, but that was during high school. They, they fall asleep in the couch already, huh? <laughs> I hate that shit. Tell me. I've had a few friends like that. Well, my, my little stepbrother, my stepbrother, he lived with my dad and my mom, and he was staying over. I'm like, you never fall asleep here. Hmm. All right. And I found this fool's been living in his car for like a month and a half. Hmm. The fuck? He's tripping. He's tripping. He's just living in my house. You know what I mean? I didn't realize till like day three, like, you don't have a house, do you? What the fuck is going on? And I realized he got kicked out, but I didn't know. You ever like spending at your friend's house? You have to ask, you have to ask your mom. When I was a kid? Yeah, fuck did yeah. You, did you like it? You like it though? Having to ask or spending the night? Spending the night. That was the dopest shit in the fucking planet. It was like fuck yeah, summer You camp. might not have heard about his mom, but no, the man. shit was. Oh, my mom <laughs> fucked me up. But at my house, my mom would go to Mexico, bro, like for Three almost like a three weeks and just leave us, bro, with oh, a hell pound no. of corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> That's its nastiest, oh, nastiest fuck, bro. No knife. It was too hard. Oh, I had it in the can. No, bro, I had it in a bag, and oh. it was like not even cut, dog. We had no, <laughs> we had no sharp knives, dude. So every time we made was a big old, big old chunk of ground beef of um corned beef, uh, corned beef, dog. I hate that shit. So yeah, but I know what you're talking about. You had the corned beef that came in a can, and some people made tacos with it. Oh, my grandma just made like stews with it and shit. But I remember eating it out of a can when I was broke. My grandpa left for two weeks. I'm like, fuck. I guess I'm eating frozen hot dogs. I'm thaw that shit out. Eat packets of hot dogs and corned beef hash. Mm. Nasty. Man, when my mom left, <laughs> we had a sleepover at my house every night, every day. I would just every I would tell them, go, go bring some food from your house, and they would start eating at my house. How old were you? I was like 12, 13, 15 years old. 16, 15 years old. Ooh. And man, I remember we played this game where we turn off the lights and we start punching each other, man. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I've done that before. We didn't know the name of it, eh? Never. But the person that, <laughs> that's getting tired of get, getting hit gets to turn the lights on. Always. Or the fool on the ground holding. No! I, oh, we used it to. It was always set up, though. You know who we're going to hit. Everybody made an eye contact. They'll fuck up the kid who's poor. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? No. We're all poor, but there's always yeah, one it. kid who's poorer. Yeah, I feel it. There was always the kid like, damn, well, I'm poor. You're dirty, though. Yeah. Man, you don't got water off. This is not good. I had that homie, too. They could always beat you with, but I have both parents, huh? You don't, huh? Oh, damn. I didn't have both parents, but still, they were struggling hard, too. Yeah, I had both parents, mom and dad, my the whole, whole time? life growing up. Yeah. Damn, that's some sick shit, though. That's so tight. I would pick up, like, when we were in my house, we'd be picking up the kid with no mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And they were always the funniest too. The yeah, kids who didn't have a mom and dad to me were the funniest kids ever. For real, why? They had to make it up for it, bro. Because they were gonna get picked on. Oh damn! I never yeah, picked on nobody. Yeah. You don't got no parents, bitch. I That's never how you that know it's rough life. for you. I had to get picked on a lot because my mom had a job where all my kids, all my friends, would see her every day more than me. What? Where did she? She where? used to work as a nurse, assistant nurse at for, school, at, at elementary school. 
So everybody saw her growing up. So they had that material of knowing who my mom is. So her name was Rafaela Esparza. So everybody would be like, so your mom Rafaela? Oh, they're stealing bandages and shit. <laughs> <laughs> or one time I, I, I fell off. Like if I hurt my arm, hold on, I'm going to come with an ambulance. Oh, no. So you it was always like that. Part. So that dude, Chris, would always make fun of my mom. And I said, how about your dad, eh? Your dad, on your, your dad left on your birthday, bro. He said, I'll be back. I'm buy a candle. Never came back. <laughs> buy to buy candles damn that's more fucked than cigarettes damn yeah now leaving the leaving out on the birthday to buy candles and not coming Ooh. back that's the most evil that's wow but we were talking time. about it recently like we used to make fun of kids used to make fun of me i used to be like well you're on section eight too fuck you uh-huh. you got you you're on welfare too that was like the shit i got a dad at least i see him sometimes fuck <sighs> you that was the burn like i got a dad bro if you know <laughs> my mom she would always like um make us join Activities at the park, you know, whether like baseball or really? summer camp, you know, or whatever activity available. Like she, she, she would go to church. She would go to church, you know, like, you know, like a lot of people don't go to church, you know, like every Sunday, you know, but for, for some people, they go out there every day. That was but, um, you know, I'm not mocking religion, but it, it all depends what you get out of it, you know, and, and where I'm, I grew up in a Catholic. You know, we knew how to we knew how to get stuff, man. Like Catholics, you know, just like Christians, Muslim, Jewish people, man. If you're connected to your to your church, you got friends, man. You're not gonna yeah. go hungry, bro. They're gonna tell you, man. Like my mom would go there every week. She would volunteer, so she knew when shit was coming up. Whenever there was like a fundraiser for a summer camp, my mom was the first one, you know, helping, you know, and we will we'll get in for free. Is your mom nice? I feel like she's nice. She's super nice, man. Okay, that's how I'm, I'm hearing. Like, that's a nice ass thing get, to do. We had a different tale from East LA last episode. Yeah, with I, I know. Oh, geez. Shit, this is oh, different. Yeah, yeah. I heard it one day. <laughs> yeah, my mom was, was the kind of mom that would watch out for those kids. You know, that the last the last guy you had, like, um, my mom. Right after uh, she was not the nurse, she became the um, the program manager of the of. Um, Ali's Unified School District for that school. Yeah. So man. after school, you know, when you, were, when you didn't want to go home and you want to play basketball? Yeah, that was me. My mom was the woman yeah. that would give you a basketball. She's oh. the one that would sit with you until your mom picked you up. Cool. And sometimes she would sit there till 630 was like the cutoff line, you know? But my mom is nice, so these parents would take advantage, bro, and not be there till fucking 8, oh. you know, or 830. And my mom pretty much would kick these kids out of the school, you know, the school's closed. But, you know, it's dark. That's been me a few times. It's dark. dark Mama's there and shit. Gotta give them their jacket. Oh, uh, I hate. That was me. Yeah, so I mama was. By myself and shit. So mama was that lady. So we were always, like, joining different programs, going to summer school. And, bro, it comes to the story, man. My brother, he went to elementary school called Sierra Park over there in El Sereno. He was a magnet student, you know. Magnet is like a gifted kid. Oh, I was in that shit. I was in that shit too, yeah. bro. From second grade to a fifth, they threw my ass out. They threw you out? Yeah, but I think I cheated or something. What? I was in Damn. there. I cheated my way from sixth to eighth. It sucked. Like, every day was fucking homework, bro. <laughs> it's not fun. Oh, we got to read more shift than you? Sick. Bro, you every for day that? was yeah. homework. I remember my history teacher, miss, my history teacher, bro, will collect homework around the class, and if you don't have it, She'll give you a paper to sign. You're going to sign it. And it says, um, Felipe Esparza did not do the assignment for today. Um, I'm going to need you to sign this. This is the first homework. He misses three more. We're going to have a meeting. Oh. So, man, you have to sign that shit. This bitch will give homework during, um, for the Christmas vacation, bro. Yeah, I had that too. 
Yeah, for sure. It was like a, a project. It come back the, the kid table. who said, yeah. Fuck no. <laughs> Hell no. I hated school so much. I was a horrible kid, student, oh, bro. I was the kind of kid, it. bro, that you, you you tell me in the beginning of the classroom, okay, we have a, a book report due by the end of the year. Bro, <laughs> I, will, I will start doing that book report, bro, to a fucking my lunchtime, bro, before it's due. Yeah. I, you know, I got three months. All and day. then three months is here. Okay, I'll do it tomorrow night. Tomorrow night shows up. I'll do it in the morning. Tomorrow morning shows up. You know, I'll, I will fucking ditch that class. Give me another day. Yeah, all day. All day. Seriously. But when I was in like fifth grade and you had to do it, all I would do is do it all through lunch. I'd copy different kids. So I'd have a little bit of different take on each thing. That's how I did it. My friends would help me. I was like a like a little rebel in elementary school. Like I used to like to sharpen my pencil till it got to the smallest. Yo. Mm, I remember that shot. What was it? Did we just become best friends? Bro, I used to do it all the fucking Bro, I time. I a little ass pencil. And then my, my teacher would look at me, you want a bigger pencil? Nope. No, uh, it's, it's funner now. It's funner right that faster, way, I feel. The little pencil's fast. I'm left-handed. Too, I don't so know. Smear practicing my shit. to hold little joints. Uh-huh. Maybe, huh? I never, I, I didn't fuck with drugs as a kid. Me That's neither, bro. I thought it was, not I thought it was 21. Like, no. Mm. No, we know nothing? No, man. Just wow. not even spray paint or glue, nothing. What'd you do through high school? Nothing. Just lived? Clamp trees, bro. <laughs> so, my Lived brother, life. my brother Angel was at the elementary school, bro. <laughs> Jump on top of roofs. I did that too, but it's just to smoke weed. Wow, my, my, that's great, though. I my, get... my brother, um, he he, had a, he fucking signed up, bro, at his at his magnet school. All the kids, right? He got an application, and he took it home. My mom signed it. I didn't know no, none about this, but I found out later. My brother signed up for a foreign exchange program, bro. Oh, shit, to leave? To leave. To where? To Mexico City, bro. Fucking pyramids, bro. Eating sushi, lobster, eating like a fucking king. Well, anyways, he signed it, bro. And my brother got on a plane and went to Mexico City with a bunch of his kids, his students, and maybe one teacher supervisor, but they all went to different homes. My brother was living with his rich family, his Mexican family in Mexico City. And he was seeing pyramids. And he was being culture, bro. Okay? And it was all great for my brother, man. But this is the fucked up part, man. That kid had to come live with us now, too. Switch <laughs> off. And now he's like, yeah, I'm... Re- oh. Bro, he's in a fucking housing projects. Oh. Sharing a room with three people. <laughs> he got culture, too. Yeah, he got catfish, bro. He thought he was coming to Beverly bro, Hills and shit. We, bro, and I was making... It sounds... It's, Makes me laugh because my brother went out to eat lobster, you know, off the coast of these beaches, you know. Man, we took that kid to go um, get free lunch at the park for summer program. <laughs> <laughs> we taught him about no cutoffs. No cutoffs? You mean talking about the pants? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, this dude was so cultured, and and he grew up, like, in a first class all the way for this kid, right? He's rich, bro. This kid was playing Pop Warner football, like tackle football in elementary school in Mexico City. I didn't do that shit here in America. No? No, I never got a chance to do that. Mm. My brother Andrew got to do that too, though, but. We were broke. That's the one thing I did every year. Mm. I always played football. So, dude, that kid flies out over here, bro, and we take him to the housing projects, bro. First night, bro, there's a fucking gun. There's a gang shootout, bro, like outside my house. Like, ba 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 
Damn. And that fool slept comfortable. He was in Mexico City, bro. That's during the cartel times, probably. Oh, I got you. So got he wasn't you. scared yeah. at all, you know, normal. But, man, I'd be pissed. That's, and a, then, that's like, a rich man, poor man, though. He's used totally to that shit, The went to the city. I'd be mm. fucking heated if I Country was a Country mouse, kid. right? A rich yeah, kid like, that comes to work, boil Heights. Bro, my, they took my this? brother swimming in these badass hotels. They had a swimming pool at their house. We took him to the swimming pool right here in our in our park, bro. He had to put his all his all his clothes in a green bag. I never did. I had a little baby cubbies, but they were open, exposed. He had to watch dude, shit. This dude was he. He could tell he he didn't grow up like us, dude. Like I couldn't find him one day when we were swimming. I couldn't find him, and this fool was laying on the floor, bro, tanning, dog. He was wearing speedos, bro. Nobody was wearing. We have never seen nobody wear speedos before. It's a high school? No, this is elementary school kids. This is elementary. A, he's at the fuck, bro. He's, he grew up in Mexico City, bro. He's rich. He's in a speedo as a kid. He's all, this, is the, this is the way they dress over there. That's how. There's no swim trucks that get for him. Oh, weird. So he's just standing there, bro, I'm too man. Fat for that shit. And we didn't know about this. Where's that guy? He's over there tanning, bro, in the Riviera. What the fuck? <laughs> how long was he with you? Two weeks, bro. <laughs> was he like blown away like where the fuck am I I thought I was going to bro, Fresh Prince he never Prince. complained he just took it like a soldier what a badass and but he was you know he's not used to sharing you know cause he gets whatever he wants my brother like my brother never told no for anything when it was over there like can I have that big ass coke yeah can we get some of this yeah he had his own room bro that's his own cool. television with remote control there was no room. The only TV we had was in the living room, bro. And yeah, it was only sure. they only played two channels, UHF and VHF. Do you remember the click ones? Well, it was kind of sick. I like that. Uh, yeah, to see everything flip right on the floor. I like, remember that shit. Dude, this dude bought a, he bought an ice cream and he didn't share it, bro. There were like four of us. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he was melting in his hand, dude. <laughs> Sharing ice cream. And I remember looking at him. All right, motherfucker. We'll see what happens. Oh, a culture shock, but he took it. So and that's then cool. The next day, we had like a reunion with all the students from that foreign exchange, and my brother took me. We had like a big picnic. Then um, that kid we were with, he he got into a fight with one with a foreign exchange student from Mexico. Like I guess they have beef all the way from Mexico. Damn. So they're over here in LA going at it, bro. They started fighting, man, and our guy got his ass beat, dog. Oh. And I kept thinking, and I remember I told him, man, you know, if you would have shared that ice cream, <laughs> that guy right now would be sucking, crying right now. <laughs> Just yeah. remember that. Life lesson. And well, I told him, bro, you would have shared that ice cream. Ooh. What helped you, fool? <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, shit, that's what he learned in America. <laughs> Yo, so my question, as we said earlier, you made it all the way through high school. You weren't doing, you were just that. You were a regular student that you see in the movies, the regular guy. Yeah, that's man, great. Uh, that's tight. No, that's great. I, I, all my friends were like, not, they're not, they were like hanging. They were not really in gangs, but they were up to no good. But they were not in gang yet. Did you, hold on, were you born here? Or you you were born no, in, Mexico? in Mexico. I'm um, snuck in fair and square. Where you guys had? See, we've you had a lot of we've had multiple East LA stories on here. People do not have like, no, it was like my good family and shit. And you, I mean, you guys yeah, came my, from a different my, country and shit. My dad. I think he snuck into America in 19, um, before, I guess before 1978 or 77, he snuck over here. I think he came in a chunk of a car. Oh, damn. Yeah. 
My grandpa used to sneak people too. And um, and then we came here. My dad was living with Lowry established, you know, for a year and a half, I guess. He had a, my dad was a, he had a good job already in Mexico, man. The people who came from Mexico, man, are coming with skills, you know. That's why, man, like, it's tough when you complain about these immigrants. Well, they come over here and they already got jobs. Yeah, man, they come over here with 10 years of experience in that job they're doing already, you yeah. know. Yeah, he might put in bricks, but man, this guy was doing—he was putting bricks in Mexico too, you know. <laughs> nobody got shit. to tell him how to. Nobody got to show him how to do it, you know. Yeah. So my dad came with skills. He was like a, a a welder and a metal shop worker already in Mexico. So when he came over here, he, he easily got a job, man. I don't know what kind of ID he had, but my mom told me that my dad was when when they were building the Panama Canal in Panama, it was like an American project, bro. Really? They dug out the hole in Panama, but the pieces of it were, were made all over America. And my dad's job was welding part of the tunnel that they were going to take on a boat to Panama. Wow. That's some historical-ass shit right there. Yeah, so the, 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 some of the Panama, Panama um, Canal was made in, made in um, right here in Norwalk somewhere. No shit. For Pike Metal, I think. Yeah. That's sick, dude. Yeah, like you're saying... Uh, you had to sneak over here. Mm. My mom, we got busted trying to sneak in like three times, two times. How were you? I was uh, four, maybe oh, five. Or you six, remember that shit, three. But I was there with my two little brothers and my mom, without without with a smuggler, I guess. Wyoming coyote. coyote. Yeah, we were in his car. I was, we were in the back seat, and we made it to the border, and then. Um, there was the, a checkpoint, like a, I guess the sheriffs of San Clemente, they, they decided to have their own roadblock on the five freeway, you know, because I guess the people that were complaining, too many illegal were coming in. Damn. So this doesn't like a, happen a, no more. I've never seen that. That was back in the days, right? Yeah. They set up a, a, a roadblock there. Like a, it was not there no more. And we got busted right there. And they put it in the jails. My Me and my little brother went to this jail and, my mom went to this jail, and the guy that was driving, they let him go because I guess we're he was American citizen. You know, he's an American citizen. But and the reason they let him go now, I think about it because they're not really, they're not really um, border agents, so they have no right to ask or detain. You know, a citizen, a citizen, no matter what, they have, they have no no evidence of anything. So they just said, um, we, we we didn't rat him out. Hey, he's a coyote. We just shut up. Yes. We went to jail, and they let him go. So they take your, he just basically takes your money. If we make it, we make it. Yeah. That's why. You know. Three times? Well, he didn't, well, he did take us to America. So that was. He got, he's the same one that got you here? The second time, I don't remember how far we got. I just know we made it back. And then the third time, my aunt, my, gra- my aunt, she said that, um, okay, we're going to cross. But your brother has to be a little girl. And I said, we were little kids. We don't know. This is a meeting the old adults had before behind our backs. So my little brother, I thought I noticed he was wearing a dress for about a week. Wait, so he can cross? Because I've seen your stand-ups, obviously. Yeah. And is this the Patty one? Yeah. This is a real story? So he was for about <laughs> I a week. thought it was a fucking joke. No. <laughs> I thought you were fucking around. <laughs> you dressed up a little boy to look like a Not little me, girl. Not me, my aunt. <laughs> Not me. No, I got you. So for about a for about a, a week, he's practicing, you know, my name is Patti, me amo Patti, what's your name? You know, they're, they're like, kind of like, um, you know, Argo, we're getting ready. That movie Argo, 
where they went, they went in, they, they fled Iran, you know, with fake passports. I haven't seen it. So we, we had our characters on. So my, I don't know what my aunt did, but she showed my, they, they showed the immigration, the forms. And they asked my brother, what's your name? My name is Patti. And they took, we crossed the border and then we went to, I remember going to Carson, city of Carson. And there was a living room. There were like five or five bedrooms in a living room. And every bedroom had a different Mexican family. And they were all oh, going shit. to go. There. And then I think that, that was a hub. Yeah, the headquarters. The headquarters. Because um, there were people coming in and out, bro. Like in and out. Like we went and they dropped us off in Boyle Heights. Like we had a place to go. And then there was people, these people here were going to Norwalk. And then like there were some people that were going to actually go all the way to Chicago. And then wow. some people were going to go to Texas. So they were all going different places. Like the, For them, it was like their first trip. Of the first stop on their way to their destination. Man, that's scary as fuck. Jesus. Have to experience yeah. as a little kid. Yeah, or no? Or did you yeah. just take it? You're, you're just- a little kid, man. You're just looking up. They're grabbing your hand. You know, you're being dragged everywhere. Was your mom scared? Like, what was her whole... Where was she at during all this? Like- My mom was already um, here. We were just waiting for her to grab us. Oh, just yeah. She went ahead, too. So yeah. it was literally just us. you Just us, my, my three little brothers. And oh, then my aunt damn. dropped us off at that place. So you're just trying to link back up with your ma in America. Last time you saw her was in Mexico. Yeah. Wow. Because she went on and we met, we met her in Carson and we went to that. That's when we started living together in Boyle Heights. Damn, before just, cell phones, before all that shit. Before just, all that, man. You just started a life. They just yeah. dropped you off in Boyle Heights and said, this is where you live now. You're going to go to Sheridan Elementary, kid. Wow. That's how you started it. Wow, do you, man. That, do you remember Mexico being like so shitty that it was like desperate to get here? No. I remember uh, Mexico when I was a little kid. I remember. I remember my uncle. He would he would he would um, pack up in a truck, and um, there was people picking cotton. It's in and where I, where we live, like a bunch of Mexican people, they pick, they're picking cotton, you know, and they put them in sacks. Then my uncle would put all the sacks in his big ass truck and take them wherever they have to go. But real algodón, bro, like fucking. Cotton picking, brother. Uh, no and, shit. And um, I remember um, when I was a little kid, uh, they sent me to go buy tortillas, I guess. And I was like four, I guess, three. And I remember playing with the money and shit, and I lost it, bro. Uh, so I was afraid I really was going to beat my ass. <laughs> so I did. I snuck it back into the house, and I hid under the bed for like six hours, bro. While they're looking for you? Oh, they're shit. looking for me, bro. Uh, they were looking for me. And every hour that passed, I guess they they, were, they kept looking for me. And then finally, I, I came out of the be- I came out of the bedroom, you know. And man, I got the ass beating of my life. If I always thought that was weird, eh? We we were so worried we couldn't find you to beat your ass. <laughs> Yo, it's the relief and the relief like you're okay. I'm gonna fuck you up, bro. Man. It was like my dad wasn't even there. It was my aunt, my grandfather, and my grandmother, and now my my mom. They took a turn beating my ass. It was like a battle royal, bro. Yeah, fuck out of a little kid. They beat the fuck out of me, bro. You never and did it again, though. Yeah, I used to follow my. I know that I took my mom said that I used to follow my dad to work all the time, and and like he would tell me to turn around and go home, you know. But, but I was like a stray dog, you know. You know when you tell your dog to go home, but you know he keeps following you. <laughs> 
And um, I remember I followed my dad. He said, turn around. Like, he threw a rock or something and I go back. What the you fuck? You know? And um, so I remember I hid. And then I, I, forgot how to, I forgot how to get to his job. And I forgot how to get home. So I snuck into this uh, variety show, I think. Like a, like a movie theater play. But they had like a women dancing. And I was backstage, bro. Just checking them out. And who is this kid? Hey. It was a movie playing. Is she four fucking years old? I was like three or four. Then I, I remember watching the movie play. Then I went back home. My mom said, where the fuck you been? And I whipped my ass. And the next day, they tied me up to the gate. Damn, I don't want to come to fucking America, too. God damn. They tied me up to the gate, bro, like Wait, a fucking like a, like a fucking chicken. <laughs> they really tied you to the fence? Yeah, to, with my ankle. My mom did. I remember my mom did it. <laughs> my ankle? Because <laughs> I was leaving all day, bro. Like, dude. If you were not watching me, I will but bone you, out, bro. I'm gonna take I got a three-year-old. A three-year-old is not meant to be out. I understand. Wandering and shit. I, understand I will bone out, dude. Like, I was like, if um, I was kind of kid, dude, that if we're at a gro- a shopping shopping looking for clothes, I will hide inside the jacket, bro. Yeah, you never see me again. That's terrifying. It's just fun. That's the most oh. terrifying shit. Or you, you had a three-year-old. Well, they just disappear in those goddamn clothing yeah, racks. Yeah, bro. And then you, I will fall asleep. I will take off and then fall asleep somewhere, bro. So then, oh, hell no. See, my mom oh, and dad were God. not good parents. They left me one time at fucking kindergarten Halloween thing. Joe they left shit. me for like 45 minutes until they realized they forgot me. I fell asleep in a toy, a, a fake yeah. treasure chest. Your little innocent hidings were so that they just forgot didn't notice. Whole kid. Shit. You only got two. <laughs> Damn. They forgot you. Forgot me for mi- like over thirty Dude, minutes, bro. My, <laughs> Damn. I learned this. My mom told me this. My brother Fernando, the one that was party, we're in, we're already, we're already legally here. We're already um, resident aliens, you know. And my dad took us to Mexico. We're in Ensenada, bro, Rosarito, Mexico. And we're filling up the gas station, putting up gas. My dad leaves my little brother in Rosarito, and, and we're already in Tijuana, bro. What? Did you guys notice? I didn't notice. My mom said, let's touch Fabricio. Can we call him Fabricio? Where's Fabricio at? And my mom told me that they turned around and they went back to the gas station and he was still standing there. How old? Dude, he was two. What the fuck? Two or three, dog. Lucky he didn't run off. He was just standing there, bro, like still waiting. Like, like he must have been alone for uh, a good hour and a half. Damn. That's terrifying. That's a tough also, little gas station, though. bro. It's tough. I would have lost my mind getting left like that. Fuck no. I'd be scared as shit. I just realized I haven't smoked. I haven't even looked this thing. Dude, uh, <laughs> when I was a kid, that was, my, that was my main thing, bro. Getting lost, leaving my family in Disneyland, bro, going on my own. When you I was were eight. that kid. Oh no! I would have had to tie you. Like to the accidentally? Too. Hell no, bro! Like, like I, I'm, I'll be like wandering around. Like I'm gonna go look at this, and then they, they disappear on me. And instead of going to Lost and Found, I'll just start getting out of the ride by myself with a, with a with a like I'm with him, you know, I'm mm-hmm. with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fucking Macaulay yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Basically, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Now for me, well, dude, that shit's scary as fuck. When I was in the mall one time, this was scared me. I was like four years old. Everyone always, like, hold your kid's hand. Like, now, you don't let your three-year-old go to the store to buy tortillas. You don't let your three-year-old go to a bathroom alone. No, fuck no. Hell no. Not now. Literally. Shit. When, you were, when I was a little kid, I was, fi- I was five. I remember kids would, have, would take a load. Five-year-old kids would take a note to the liquor store. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay to sell my kids cigarettes. Uh-huh. Oh, damn. No, I yeah, they're for, they're for daddy. <laughs> I never uh-huh. did that. Yeah. No, I, um, I was in line at fucking Sbarro's at the mall. Mm. And I'm standing there and some teenager girl, probably like 18, just grabs my arm and starts pulling me toward the door. And I'm pulling back. I'm like three. And, I'm, and I start screaming, no. And no one's doing nothing. And she gets me almost to the door, out the door, 40 yards away. I'm screaming in the mall. Shut up. Yeah. And then she looks down and she almost starts crying. And then some little boy dressed in the exact same clothes as me runs up. She thought I was her little brother. She's trying to almost kidnap my ass out the line of Sbarro's. And I lost my place in line. Pissed. Dude. Jesus. Pissed. I was doing Merced a sh- mall. So random. Crazy. I was doing a show. I forgot where. Oh, oh probably um, Virginia. Somewhere in um, Virginia. And um, some guy that hooked us up with him, bud, you know, he came out and we were, we were just smoking with him. On the patio of the the, the hotel, and we started start talking about LA because he said his dad was in LA, you know, and um, baby mama, right? So um, baby mama problem with his dad, you know, and his mom, and he said that his mom was going through some problems, you know, and um, and she was over there with his little sister living in LA or LA, I guess. So he went to go grab her because the mom was all drugged out, you know. So he went over there to the house, kicked the door down, grabbed the little girl, and just took her with him. And they've been raising her ever since. He took the wrong girl. Get the fuck out of here. I hope that was a joke. Bro. No, no, Joe. He told me he, his dad took the wrong girl. Not as in not his daughter? Not his daughter, bro. Damn. But it was, another, it was just a, a random, another little girl that was living in a crackhead house, bro, with crackheads. Oh, got you. Oh, she was there sad. to grab his daughter, but he ended up grabbing the other girl. So they just been that girl doesn't really have parents either, so they just yeah. been raising her. Little kids get abandoned like that. That's sad as fuck. Yeah, I think about that all the time. When I look at my kids. Damn, that's what you think. I, I would just never think leave like, you to crack You guys got it. You guys got it so good. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're such a delicate balance. So shit. many kids don't have it like that. You have kids? Yeah, yeah. I have kids. Three. I have a two year old grandson that, no gets in, shit. That, that gets in trouble already in school. Do you really? <laughs> what? How old is your kid that has a kid? My, well, I have kids when I was in high school, bro. You know, I had a. Oh, no shit. Damn. I got a girl pregnant You're in high 30. school, bro. And I was young, bro. And um, immature, like every high school kid, every junior high school kid, you know. So you were doing some crazy shit in high school. I remember she told me, I was fucked. I was doing drugs. She told me, I was at every house party, bro, trying to get my grind on. <laughs> the only one not drug and shit? Yeah, bro. I remember, she t- oh, you know, she told me, Felipe, I'm pregnant. And I remember saying, man, that fucked up. Oh, my God. That you're going to raise a baby by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, how old were you? Like 17. She didn't find the comedy in that. <laughs> but you know what? When, when I won last comic standing, she got me for child support. No. She became the last baby mama standing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm glad you can make uh, fun of getting got like for that. For real, bro. I, I, I paid it all, bro. Like, the kids were over 18. She didn't have to share it with them. It was all hers. Really? Oh, shit. How, Wait, so, hold on. She, she saw you on TV and realized it then? No, she probably knew who I was, but she didn't know I was going to blow up like that. Man, she probably had all her friends voting for me, man. <laughs> Vote for me, my baby daddy. Yep. We're trying to get white tennis shoes for everybody. Kids. 
Damn, you still owe it, even though the kid is beyond 18? Yeah, you can't bro, just cut the kid a check? Anybody out there who holds child support, I suggest you go to a place called um, uh, United Fathers of America if you're looking for help. That's the only place that's going to help a baby daddy. United Fathers of America. They help you go get um, your, your child support reduction. They'll help you get visitations. And most of the lawyers they use are women, so you have a woman fighting for you. Because the way it looks bad when you have a, a man lawyer and you're trying to fight a woman and shit in court. Do you lower payments? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But I didn't go through that, bro. I just didn't. I said, screw it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he just Here's the advice. I didn't fucking do it. I didn't do it. But don't, don't make my mistake. So, Damn. So you won last comment stand you went, no, 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 no. I used to have jokes about it, bro. I met my daughter on Facebook. <laughs> Did you? What yeah. do you mean? She would leave messages. We didn't get the child support. I had to block her. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you had two kids with this lady? Two of them, bro. For same lady from high school, same girl? Yeah, man. When did you have your daughter? Right after? About a year, two years later. Oh, shit. And she's the one that has a baby right now. Wow. So you really are grandpa. That's cool. Yeah, man. It's like I didn't, well, I wasn't there to raise my daughter, you know, but I'm here to raise her grandson now. And I'm going to have to because, you know, I don't want to bring the show into a down, a downer, you know. But I'm a positive guy. That's My tight. daughter has um, terminal breast cancer. She was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer last December. Your daughter? Yeah. Wait, so your your third year? My third year. My daughter, yeah, from the, my oh, son, no. my grandson, yeah. So she's like um, going through the treatments right now, and um, and getting her bones already, you know. So she just like a, uh, she she just finished her her first um. Her first chemo, so we're just not waiting for the second one, you know. She lost her hair and her eyebrows. Yeah. yeah. So I've been watching her, the baby, a lot, you know, because she's she's always tired, you know. Uh, so this helps. I give her, the, I yeah. give her a lot of this. Yeah, I'm sorry for that. No, man, you know, hey man, this is this is life, you know. I'm glad that um, I'm in a position where I could help, you know, help her, you know. I have because of what I do, stand up comedy. I'm home a lot, you know. I'll go home out of town on the weekends, and, especially um, this past year, I would imagine. Yes, and my daughter found out that she had cancer when she was living in Sweden with her her, her boyfriend. Doing what? No, oh, she, she had a boyfriend, you know, who lived in Sweden, and they were living together. What a random place to live! I know, right? What the? She was living there for two years, and he hooked up with this guy, and um, my grandson is half um, Persian, half Mexican, in Sweden. Really? Poshkahani. That's his last name. <laughs> That's a, I don't think I've ever heard of that I've never, combo before. Nah, nah. I've, I mean, I've heard of Sweden. Like, that place is nice as fuck. I never heard anybody living from there. Yeah, man. It's really nice. And she would, she would live in there during a pandemic. Oh, so this is recent that you're saying this? Yeah, happened. this is recent. So she left Sweden. She left um, full, full health, 100% full health to come over here. Damn. But um, she's doing good over here, man. She she goes, she gets her chemo done, and um, yeah, doing good. Ah, that's rough, dude. Um, yeah, no, I went. My my uncle went through that last year. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah, you know it's funny. Um, before, when I was um, I, I remember um, I went to the um to, to watch a documentary for this woman who who had a who had who had um, she had cancer. I don't know if it was breast cancer, but she had cancer. But uh, the documentary was about her going all natural, without chemo. Oh, nice. And she was going to do it on her own. 
with natural foods. Very painful, by the way, to do, go through this. But she did it. She beat it, you know. She beat it, you know. She beat the cancer with going through. Um, she wasn't did like a weird type of chemo, but she didn't do the chemo that everybody does. She did all organics and fruits. And I remember sitting there with this actor. I don't know if you ever, you know, who Pepe Serna is. He comes out in a, he comes out in um, American Me. Which character? He's the one that comes out. Hey, so you're gonna come out tonight? Eh? He's the first guy oh, that stabs the whole, him. The, the mean one. The mean one. Yeah. He, yeah. he played Mundos. Well, I remember we were wa watching a documentary. He looked over. He goes, he goes "Fuck that! Eh? I did the chemo." Oh hell no! <laughs> so he went through chemo for it. The natural way, I think, yeah. it sounds like the way to go. Honestly, tough. Like um, all, what was the high alkaline diets and shit? Yeah, alkalized everything, all greens, RSO, CBD. That's health. tough. It's like at that point, it's like I, I don't know. I mean, shit. Your dad went through this too. Yeah, he. There wasn't nothing natural about. He just went for the straight up medical treatment options and shit. There was no other real options but you know it was a back and forth for a long time for a long time huh yeah like yeah eight years yeah my daughter goes to a city was going to a city of hope but now she transferred to the valley of one closer so mm -hmm. so yeah man well good well good i mean i hope everything works out just try try the hot alkalized diet high ph water i've been, i've watched a lot of documentaries and i've seen this really help out I know, man. And like, you don't even think about it, man. If you're a, a woman listening, man, or a, a chubby guy with big titties, eh? <laughs> I see. Go get a diagram. A uh, diagram? No. <laughs> a a diagram. monogram, Mon eh? Mammogram. Mammogram. Monogram, eh? Yeah, I'm going to draw <laughs> my boobs, eh? <laughs> yeah, so it's funny, man. Like, my, my grandson, like, you know, because, you know, he's two years old. He's been through a lot, you know, moving to another country. Yeah. He was learning. He was speaking Swedish over there. Now he has to speak full English, you know, because his grandmother over there was speaking just Swedish, mm. and his dad. And now he so comes now over he here. Switch. You over here. And like, then ah! and now he's fucking <laughs> English. And then you put him in school, and he would live. He was moving around a lot, so it's tough on a two-year-old kid, man. But the, <laughs> the school he's at, they're very patient, you know, and um, like a like a daycare. No, a Montessori school. For you, two you, you go there from two years old to fuck sixth grade. I never heard that in my life. Two yeah, you gotta old. find them, bro. Yeah, those Two. are nice schools. They yeah. serve like real lunches, like an actual. Oh, damn. And it's like all this shit. Yeah, no peanuts, classes. everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, a peanut-free place. It's nice. Um, so damn, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you had kids. That that's that must be my age then. Yeah, man. Right? Fucking nineteen eighty, late eighties, early nineties. I never really. I didn't consider it. I wouldn't have even thought about that. Damn fool, you wear it well. I didn't realize you were having kids that that that's a long time ago. I know, right? People look at me and go, man, believe you, you look good, Felipe. I know, bro. I look like a 30-year-old guy who needs a nap, huh? Yeah. <laughs> for, 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 I, 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 I don't I'm not putting it past it. I gotta be honest. So were you you said you were acting when you started doing stand-up. Which which were you really getting after? No, I was doing stand-up first. I didn't start acting or getting into acting till 2005. Oh what! I started taking acting classes. What well, in two thousand four? No, two thousand five. I was um, I auditioned for the Montreal Comedy Festival in mm -hmm. Montreal, Canada, and I made it. It's a big deal. So Shit. I went over there with a bunch of other comedians, and I was showcased with a bunch of young comics. I killed it, and I was signed by an agency, man, UTA. Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. United Talent Agency. Yeah. And they took me. To, they, man, I wasn't ready, dude. I was not a, an actor. I was not even going to acting classes, but they were taking me to fucking. Uh, they were taking me to auditions, and I was messing them all up. I went yeah. to audition for Nacho Libre, bro, but not for Nacho Libre. I auditioned for one of the priests. Oh, see, that's thick. And I remember, man, when I saw the guy who got the part, he goes, fuck, eh? How come I didn't do it like that? I, I've had diarrhea. <laughs> you know? Oh, the old man. Yeah, yeah. I've had diarrhea, you know? <laughs> I could have just been, I could have done it like this. I haven't taken a shit since Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm so glad you said that. I was th- going to tell you, I want to bring up a segment to certain guests. Like, I got one question. Can you remember the first time you shit your pants in public? And I feel yeah. like since he said that, you're going to remember the first Because it's like, it happens more than once in your life. Mm-hmm. As a kid, and then maybe as an adult. But do you remember the first time? Bro, when you, when you take a shit in your pants in a classroom, <laughs> classroom, your face looks like you just blocked a kick to the face. <laughs> you're like this. Yo, you shit in the classroom? Oh, God. Oh, no, no, I never, I, I didn't shit. You had to think about that one. No, I don't think I ever shit in my pants, but only on drugs. You know, that's normal. <laughs> what drugs? <laughs> coke. You know, you get a bad coke with, with too much of that. Um, in a classroom? No, not in class. <laughs> I was an adult. <laughs> I don't coke in a classroom. You got to throw your underwear. Throw your under, throw you your say underwear. coke, you shit your pants? With bad coke, bro. Like, I had too much of that baby powder or something. Really? I never had it like that. I, I'm from up there. It's all meth cut up. Yeah, man. Nothing the cold. coca they cut it with um, baby trans, baby um, laxatives. Laxatives, yeah. Oh, ugh. what the fuck? That sounds so, yeah, disgusting. man. You got, you're doing bumps and taking that di- and they're massive diarrhea. Oh, sweating, smoking cigarettes, talking too much. That sounds like a terrible night. So you don't remember the first time you ever shit your pants in public? I don't remember the first time I shit in my pants. Probably <laughs> farted and shit in my pants. I didn't know what it was, man. Burr. I remember oh. throwing the underwear away and somebody catching me. <laughs> I, I remember my friend. I shit my pants at a taco shop waiting for the bathroom after soccer practice. Oh, like that. That kind of annoying. I don't think it'll ever happen. I peed on myself. I just had to ask, man. I feel like you're the guy who goes, yeah, I remember it was like Kentucky Fried Chicken, and I was waiting in line. Like, my shit. Uh-huh. Well, I peed on myself, and I remember I jumped a, I, I jumped the gate, bro, and I went I went to um, I went to um, I went to a laundromat, bro, and um. And I put my clothes in somebody's dryer. And they were drying when they, when they left. So you had no clothes on as you're fucking doing it? Yeah, I just wrapped myself with one of the plastic trash bags and just waited for my pants to dry. How old God were you? Damn. I was like 9 or 10, 11. Oh, uh, you see, you still have time to wait till high school so nobody remembers. I get that. I'm talking about... But like, I farted in class. That was more embarrassing, bro. I did that in second grade. I remember everybody staring I at me. I farted in class. There used to be a kid that used to bully me from second grade or fifth grade. And then Wait, he used to bully you. Yeah, just like bully me, like, like, like there's like a, a a puddle of mud, like he'll throw it in my head, you know, stuff like that. You but were, not really like grab me and stuff, but like do stupid shit like that. Yeah, and I would just ignore it, you know. But um, that one day, man, I farted in class real hard and it stunk, bro. <laughs> and they said this fool just took a shit. This fool just farted, and I got so embarrassed, so embarrassed, dog, that he yelled it out. Then I grabbed him by the shirt and started punching the shirt at him, bro. <laughs> I didn't fart, motherfucker. You fucking shot. You fucking shit, motherfucker. And um, I just started punching him repeatedly, bro. To the the police, the fucking um, the the teacher stopped me, bro. And after that, he stopped bullying me, bro. Like I don't give a fuck. I was like, you could bully me, call me gay, throw dirt in my face, but don't say I shit in my pants. 
I rather get it's remembered the guy that was a pussy than the guy who's sharing his pants. Yo, that's some <laughs> shit. You don't want to be shit, shit, man, bro. That stays forever, bro. That's the real shit. You can't shit your pants and you can't fucking be a bitch. Other than that, everything will go I'd rather be a bitch away. than a guy who's sharing his pants, bro. Because sure. you're a bitch, you could just, you could ride with that shit, bro. Yeah, you, you could still you could move out of town. land a girl if you're a bitch. Some yeah. dumb bitch will fucking date you. But if you're the guy that shits your pants at an assembly. I have friends, bro, that were shitting their pants. And you start smelling it, and you try, you try to like smell behind them, and they get forward. They move forward. Oh, why? Because they shit in their pants, bro. Why do you have homies shitting in their pants? But then when they, I didn't know, you know, just growing up, you smell it. Hey, somebody shit in their pants. <laughs> probably you, eh? What were your homies doing? Yeah. What's up, everybody? It's that time again. This is the mid-roll ad read. Thank you guys again so much for supporting everything, supporting our sponsors, supporting Manscaped. As always, guys, hit www.manscaped.com forward slash YOLA. You can click the link in the description on our YouTube channel right below in description, or you can click the links on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, anywhere you watch us, we have the link for Manscaped. Remember, that gives you 20% off plus free shipping. You guys already know the deal. This is Manscaped. In my opinion, the number one male grooming kit, male grooming products in the world. I personally use this. My homie standing over there on his phone personally uses this shit. Thank you guys again so much for using the code, using the link. 100%. You guys are helping out so much. We're seeing people buy it. We're seeing people use the code. So thank you. This is the newest product for Manscaped. This is the Lawnmower 4.0. It's a sensitive area, guys. It's a sensitive subject. So be careful. Don't cut your dick open. You like that one, Marty? You like that one? <laughs> So you'll be happy to know this is 100% skin safe. This is not going to pinch. It's not going to cut you because we've all been there. It's not fun. It's a real part of life. And if you've never shaved yourself, damn. Damn, son. (laughs) I don't even know where to go with that. Just damn, son. This has wireless charging, guys. This has a light on it for all you blind ass fools out there. This has a light on it. And as you know, it's waterproof. That's That's the biggest selling point for me. This is waterproof. You guys... You guys know, from guy to guy, you guys know, it's a sensitive fucking area. So as always, guys, we just want to say shout out to our sponsor. Thank you so much to Manscaped. Go to www.manscaped.com forward slash Yola or click the link, like I said, in the descriptions or anywhere you watch the podcast. As always, that's 20% off plus free shipping. As always, thank you for supporting. Thank you for using the links. Back to the episode. Yo, what? I had, but I've had girls fart in my face. All coked out, bro. And I was coked out. coked out. You're out there eating ass, bro, with your fucking, like, with all coked out and shit. You keep going? You keep going like a soldier, bro. <laughs> you keep going. And you're coke, bro. You want more. Oh, man. So you used to fucking dabble in drugs. That's one of my questions. Do you used to fuck with drugs heavy? Yeah, man. And before I went to rehab, I was a crackhead, you know? Oh, shit. You fuck with drugs heavy. Yeah, man. I used to smoke crack out of a fucking little ratchet, a little metal thing. Oh, you were that fool. Yeah, I bet you were ball-headed and skinny at the time, too. No, I wasn't a little bald, but I, was, I wasn't that skinny, man. No? Because I would eat after it. That's how I was with Coke. Yeah, I only smoked crack once. Like, once that I'd seen. It was the worst feeling ever, man. I don't know how you... Explain to me, what did you like about it? I don't know. The power it gave me. You just feel good, man. Like all your problem, all your problems you think you had go away. Eh? You know what? They're still there, but our cocaine, you feel like you could handle it. Eh? You could well, co- like if you had a lot of problems, and you do cocaine with cocaine, you know the problems are there, but cocaine is lying to you and telling you that you could solve them right away. I got this. We're gonna handle this, but you know you're cracking. Oh crackhead. yeah, yeah. That's why, man. Like. I wish that I could do cocaine just to the point, you know, like when you do cocaine, you know, you do cocaine, but then 
Because it's part of the a part of um, when you're partying with your friends, you know, you and I or him, and we're drinking, and they, there's a there's a point when we're partying where you you're coming up with business ideas, bro. Yeah, we should start off this business, bro. You're right. We should do another bump. Yeah. I wish we could, I could do cocaine just to that moment <laughs> and then stop bro, and just stop and really break <laughs> and then break down the ideas of how to start the business, bro. That's how to get a loan. That's all right, man. You're gonna fucking call up the bank tomorrow, okay? Call him, fucking call him right now. And you're gonna fucking we're gonna do this. I'm gonna look for a space and we're gonna do this, right? But nah, man. What happens is you keep doing more cocaine. Then your friend hit you up, but whatever to that business, shut up. They thought it was six days ago. We're trying to break into this house right now. <laughs> I'm trying to sell my refrigerator. <laughs> like, if you could just do uh, enough cocaine just to get to the point where you want to start a business and stop. Amade- academic bumps. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Financial line. Because I saw a movie, bro. I saw a movie. This, I saw oh. a Dutch movie. It was nominated for an award. It was called, um, fuck. It's called, um, <laughs> Another round. It was called another round. Another round, like another round of drinks. Mm-hmm. And these older, older Dutch guys in their fifties, they got together and they started, they started like they started drinking together and writing down notes how the, the alcohol felt at this hour. How do you feel at this hour? And they're all professors at a high school. You know, they're all professors at a high school, and they're giving out awards, giving out assignments. And then they they they, they got to the point where they're most creative. So they only drank to the part where they got creative, where they got the confidence to really open up and really run a class, you know, to give them that extra edge. So That's they were cool. all doing it just to get to the edge. And their classes, they were more, they were became, they became popular teachers. The students were all into them. And then they, and then even the soccer coach, bro, was doing, was doing it. But then, you know, like everything else, they started abusing it, you know, and then they fell out. So my thing, you know, my joke is, I wish you could do enough cocaine just to get creative, you know. That's cool. You know what I mean? Get to the point where you want to write a book and rewrite it. And then you actually write instead it. Instead of eating <laughs> the pages there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to do fucking coke for maybe like five or six years total. Um, but if you're saying you're smoking crack, were you smoking coke or smoking crack? Crack, bro. Damn, rocks. Actual rocks. Rocks, bro. Like where I, I different between a cocaine addict Completely and a crackhead. Hell yeah, bro. Cocaine a crackhead. Cocaine, you know, like, all right, your friend will tell you, you know what, I'm going to stop now. Eh? And you say, yeah, I'm going to stop too. But then he goes to sleep and you do his cocaine. <laughs> but in the morning you tell him, listen, man, I'm sorry, man, I just cannot stop. But the crackhead is different, man. A crackhead, you tell him I'm going to stop and he goes, yeah, I'm going to stop too. But then he'll smoke all your shit. But then in the morning he's helping you look for it. Eh? Mm. Damn, that's a good, that sounds that's like a good a way comparison. to put that. I like that. That's a meth head too. Eh? It's, yeah, there's... It's, Scandalous. Bring the worst out of people is what you're saying. It, yeah, the worst. My dad used to do crack for like 18, 19 years. My dad's the functioning one, that like truck driver, always at, always there, always on time, sleep for three days because he's been up for six type shit. But he always worked. So I didn't know my dad was so fucked up until I got, when I, I always said like, I was trying to smoke weed on the other side of the house and he was trying to like snort crank on yeah. the other side of the house. And I thought I was sneaking around, but really he was like, oh, he's smoking weed? All right, I'm going to go do mm. crack. That's were how you, I could Were you that doing stand up while you were like addicted to crack and shit? I was sober for 10 years. And then I, uh, like, nothing, 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 nothing. And then I fell off the wagon in Bakersfield, California. Of course, Bakersfield. Oh, I was doing a, a gig there. And I, right after the show, this DJ, he, he asked me if I wanted a drink. And I wasn't drinking. I said, all right, I'll take a drink. Took three shots. Then he asked me if, then he asked me if I wanted a bump. 
Oh, I thought you never asked. Uh. <laughs> so then I, I did that. And then I, I was up all night. The next day I was hungry. I ate a, the fattest breakfast burrito at Rick's Burgers. And uh, then, then I thought I was going to stop. But three days later, I drank again and I partied again. Then after that, I was stopped for three days. And the next you know, I'm up for five days, bro. Over there hanging out, after on, 10 hanging years? out on Drew Street over there on by the avenues. Ooh. Man, you're so, so Just fast. like that. Ten, so ten years fast. after a show. Yeah, man. It's like, it's like um, every, every drug addict lies to themselves and says that, you know what, to, this time I'm going to do it right. No, you never, you're going to do it all wrong. You know, no matter where you left off, the last time you stopped, that's where you're going to start up again. Like if you're dirty and nasty and smelling like shit, the last time you stop doing drugs, you're going to be dirty and smelly and nasty the next time you start up again. Within a week, you'll be back. Oh. It's like you never left. Damn, dude. It's so sad, bro. And that what happened to me, man. Like, so then I was doing stand-up comedy and smoking crack. For real? Yeah, man. When I was in Montreal, I found crack in Montreal. So you were actively going out, getting gigs, and smoking crack. Nobody knew? Nobody knew. What a life to live like that. I was in, I remember in um, Montreal, I wanted to buy some, you know, I was all pumped up after my good set. And um, I don't know, I didn't speak um, French. They, were, they speak French in Montreal. But I met a paisa there, a Mexican dude. Get the fuck out of here. There was a Mexican dude right there, bro. Where'd he you was meet just him? standing there. <laughs> and I said, and I spoke to him in Spanish, hey, wait, hablale a este wey, que quiero comprar algo. No hablo francés. <laughs> Yo, hold on. No Spanish over Hey, here. man. Um, <laughs> hey, help Spanish. me out here, man. I want to buy stuff. I don't speak French. <laughs> so, so he, he went over there, crack. man, and he spoke um, French with a Mexican accent. Weird. And he came over there, and he brought the guy with me, and he introduced him to me, and he spoke to me in English, and it was after the dawn after that. I gave oh. that guy 10 euros for helping me, and that was it. Wow. Damn, so you just cracked out. It's, it can't be shows? easy when you're on stage in a foreign country, too. No, man. I would wait till after the show. Mm. And I'll, I'll get your shit done first. I'll disappear. Got you. Well, I mean, you're getting your shit done, but when did you realize, like, what the fuck? How long did that go on for? You're doing shows and doing hard... Because Coke, everybody fucking does Coke besides Marty and me, I guess. <laughs> I had to stop, man. I, I had to stop. I'm like, I, I was too fat. I can't be doing Coke like this. I'm fat. I'll die. So when did you... Realize, like, holy shit, this is too much. Because if you're on tour, I think I was in Montebello, California, and I ran into an old friend of mine from Salvador, and like he he was like a bit. I don't even know who he was. So just he's a, uh, an acquaintance I knew, but I didn't know him as a drug addict. He didn't know me as a drug addict. We just know like, hey, what's up, man? You're funny. Oh, thanks for coming to my show. Oh, you're funny. That was it. Then he goes, hey man, you want a party? All right. So I go to his house, dude. And we just partied for like five days. We partied from Wednesday night all the way to Monday. Oh, damn. Like, it got so bad because, and he was like a, 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 a not a, a, he worked at a, a, at a pharmacy. He's a pharmacist? Yeah, so we were like doing blow and doing um, Xanax. But I never done Xanax. Yeah, we were trying to balance it out, bro. You know, you got to protect that heart, <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> so I couldn't stop. He couldn't stop, so he, he called up um, two of his big homies, and the, his two big homies came in, and 
they cleaned us up and they cleaned up the whole house and they, they helped us get sober and wow. they called my girlfriend for me to pick me up because I couldn't call, couldn't move my mouth and that's it. I left his house and he went to rehab in El Salvador and I haven't seen him since. God damn. You went to rehab too, I'm assuming. No, I didn't go to rehab. I just continued. I said, bro, you remember when Ben Affleck, his last time he fell off the wagon and he was with his ex-girlfriend in the backseat crying crying like a little girl at a Jack in a Box or a Burger King? I don't know about He went in a, he fell off the wagon and went in a five-day good run, bro, with a... Well, drug, doing drugs? Ben Affleck, yeah. He went in a, a five-day run with a... Oh, an actress. Just an, a girl that was trying to be an actress. And then, you know, when he felt bad, he called up his ex-girlfriend to pick him up somewhere. And um, he was in the backseat crying, bro. You could see a boogers coming out of his nose. <laughs> Damn crying, TMZ. bro. Yeah. And I was laughing, and I felt bad, and I felt bad for him because I've been that. I've been there. I know, what he's, I know what he's thinking about, man. He's probably promising him the world, eating a fucking, eating a jack-in-the-box burger in two bites. Oh, you know he feels horrible. like shit bro everything's coming down in his life that's that low, low and I've shit. been that low before that's how low you get bro when you're in a backseat eating a burger a sandwich and your kids looking at you like man daddy's eating a hamburger fast yeah, yeah I, like I told you that's I what, to yeah. catch my dad man I might have to eat a whole Costco pizza it's as big as this table it's a fucking Costco pizza I see my dad eat a whole thing and fast out for days that's when I realized, like, this motherfucker's on drugs. Yeah. I was a kid. I was a kid. But then I started doing drugs. So heavy were you, like, stuff. doing drugs heavy on the road, or were you mainly just in L.A.? Like, doing no, on the, wherever, bro. Like, on the road, after a good gig, if I had money, you know, like, I would spend my money on the dope. Really? Getting spots like I that? I remember, man, um, I'm not bragging, man. It's all, it's all bad stuff, but you don't think about what you're doing. I remember, I remember and... Um, I was doing a show in Dallas, and I was desperate, and I called up room service, and I ordered a, a spoon with and a baking soda. <laughs> you trying to make crack? Damn, you fucked with the heavy like that. Yeah, and they brought it, bro. Wow. And there was a security guard and a, and the front desk. And I asked him, how come you brought him? Oh, he didn't believe me. You ordered a spoon and baking soda. He didn't believe me. Wow. Only if you're desperate like that would you call for some <laughs> shit like <laughs> that. Imagine? Oh my God! You must have really wanted that. I mean, Coke. I understand if you smoke crack, it's so it's so it's not the same in not any the same. fucking way, shape, or form. Like it's a whole different feeling, whole different thing. Everything's different. If you smoke that crack, though, you got your shit. You're in your hotel room. How long until you're completely desperate for that next bit of crack? Though, is it like the next day or days later? I think once I, I when uh from me from experience, like if I were to go on a five day bend, you know, bender. I would probably like feel like shit for like eight or nine. I'll probably sleep for a day and a half, first of all. Yeah. And then when I wake up, I'm starving and like I feel like the biggest loser, you know. And then like a day later, like um, my mind is telling me, you're, you're fine. You know, nobody knows you're a crackhead. You could conquer the world again. Mm. So then I start drinking again and then just go back. So we'll stop Psycho. for about a three days, four days and then go back. Those are the worst type of crackheads, you know. The, function. The, the ones that can function and party for five days and stop. Because there's the people that I would party with are people that would just smoke crack every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hanging out with the crowd, and they're like, oh, this one's cool, nice, cool. And he'll come back in a few days, don't trip. And they don't, when you're on drugs, three days, like, oh, I thought it was a few hours. 
You spun the fuck. Well, you you're on a different level. You're doing five days. Man, you don't know like, where you're at. When I think about it now, I'm like, wow, man, who has that much? Who has that much time to to waste? That's crazy. I'm pretty sure you don't have eight hours to waste like that. You don't have three hours to waste like that. I don't have five minutes to waste like that. But That's I guess weird. I don't know. How much, there's like when I talk about it now, like how come you don't smoke smoke crack no more? Why? Well, That's so much shit to do now. Back <laughs> then, I had nothing to do. Yeah, I mean, fucking boredom and and time is the worst thing in the world, especially when you live in a bad neighborhood and you grow up around that shit. Was it say an idle mind is a devil's playground? Something, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Or idle hands, or something like that, right? Yeah. So in two thousand nine, my wife, which is my wife now, my girlfriend and co man, she's like my business partner and manager, Lisa. Good shit. She, um, you know, we spoke together. I'm gonna leave your ass, but I really didn't. I'm gonna leave your ass if you don't stop. But that could have not. That could have never like worked, you know. If I really wanted to stop, because I could always say, "Well, I'm gonna stop." And then still, and still do it behind her back. But I really wanted to stop. Oh, you were hiding it from her too? You know, you could only go for so long, man. Wow. So I, I stopped in 09 and I, 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 I got a movie, man, in 09. I met a guy that wanted, to, that wanted to grab my CD and make it into a movie. Really? Yeah. What is it? it was, it's called I'm Not Like That No More. And it's a movie. And I'm, I'm the star of it, and Paul Rodriguez, my father. And no shit. In 09, this guy paid me money. He paid me four figures for the rights to do my comedy into a movie. And I gave him the money. No, I gave him the CD. He wrote me a check. He hired a screenwriter and a director. And that guy got, transferred my stand-up comedy into an 80-minute movie, which I starred as Felipe Valenzuela. And my friend Edwin San Juan was my best friend in the movie. And um, we made a movie, bro. We shot it in nine days. And um, I don't own the rights of it, but every once in a while on YouTube on Christmas, I release it. No shit. But I have a movie, bro. We shot it in 09. And then um, in 2010, I went last comic standing. So everything after I sobered up, a lot of good things happened. Started filling that time you had. I won last comic standing. And then I went on the road for a long time. I remember one time I got a check, bro, from a club. I never made that much money, bro. I was like, they they told me that they were gonna give me guaranteed five thousand dollars for the whole week. Good shit. And then they told me, and if you sell out the shows, we're gonna give you an extra five hundred. So I remember I sold out all the shows. They were letting people in free, but. More people paid than um, people that wanted to get in for free. No so shit. So I got a bonus there. That's how you little so run now, started. So now, now when I go to that same club now, they gave me 85% of the door. Wow. Crazy. Because I never, I, never, I never said, um, like, fuck, you guys pay me more. You, you know, I just grew, I grew with them. So they take care of me now. Where's that at? The um, Brea Improv, which I'm going to be there in July. Fuck is this yeah. in LA? Yeah, Bray Improv. I've never been there. Oh yeah, no, it's a legit. It's one of the big clubs around here. Yeah, there's Brea, there's Irvine, there's Ontario. Oh, Irvine, right there's right Hollywood. Here. We're starting to have those talks about getting out and doing some live podcasts at these spots. You should, bro. You have a big following. Yo, people dude, show up too, man. Like, like yeah, support's a, real. Yeah, man. Support's. I think. Well, you obviously know it's when you laugh, you can make someone laugh, or somebody like feels it. 
It's like when you're a kid, I always be here, like, oh, the Simpsons are here. Oh, Bart wouldn't do that shit. Like, you know that person. You know the, everything about him, even though you never met him. I mean, it's a cartoon, but mm-hmm. as for me, that's who I was like, oh, fuck yeah. So to give that feeling to somebody. Mm-hmm. And he wants, to, he wants to really get into live comedy. So that's like the perfect way. I feel like the live podcast is a yeah, great man. way to dip your toe into actual live comedy with the format of the podcast. And people, not that real expectation of like, I'm going to sit here and stare at you and you're going to make me laugh like there is with a stand-up show. You know, we did that for Fighter and the Kid early on and it like, it really brought the fans together. Yeah, right. The, people, people go. Yeah, so we'll see, you know. What's your thoughts on, on, on stand-up live comedy right now at the world opening back up? Oh, man, I'm so excited. People are so excited to go out. Man, like my last show I did was in South Padre Island. The show was supposed to start at 8 o'clock. But there was so much traffic. There was only one bridge to go from Brownsville, Texas to South Padre Island. South Padre Island is like in the Gulf of Mexico. It's like, um, if I was to describe it, it's like this. Ocean here, ocean over there, and ocean over there, and ocean over there. Then there's a bridge that shows up on the Brownsville, Texas. And Brownsville is right next to the border of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So you go to the Gulf of Mexico, South Padre Island, and uh, man... It is fucking hot, bro. They started <laughs> off with 500 seats sold out, and then they added more seats because of COVID restrictions. Then it was 1,100. Then they opened it up to um, 3,000, bro. What is what? it, an amphitheater? Yeah. So we ended up having 2,000 people. Damn, instead. good shit. So the show supposed to start at 8. It started at 9.35. And uh, they kept telling me, hey, Felipe, man, there's still a lot of people in traffic over there. And I kept looking, and it looked like um them. Like the movie of Field of Dreams. I knew you were going to say that. It looked like that, bro. All you see is red, 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 red yeah. coming our way in 100 degrees. And um, that was um, that was fun, man. People were loaded, bro. When was this? Um, last Saturday. Oh, this is recent? Yeah, oh, recent. shit. It's open. The people. No, there were no mask restrictions in South Padre Island. Like everywhere I went, I didn't wear a mask. And then when I wear a mask, they laughed at me. When I changed up to the hotel room, this was the first hotel room I've ever been to since the pandemic where the front desk was wearing no mask. That's weird. Uh, getting back. It's weird, but it's getting back to life. It was I today guess. the first day out here? Today. No, the 15th, no? Today's Tomorrow? 15th. Oh, because today when I, when I went to go buy that bread I brought you guys, yeah. I to ask that lady, should I put on my mask? And she told me no. You don't yeah, have to. same thing earlier. Oh, I was getting nice. pizza. I was like, damn, this is weird. Half and half with the mask Ooh. in the pizzeria. It's getting back to life. Though, <laughs> but, but I did shows during the pandemic. I think I went to, in August, I went to Oklahoma City. How'd you perform? Like, outside? They were at half capacity with masks if you're drinking and if you're laughing, put your mask on and they were taking temperatures. <laughs> if you're laughing, put, put your, your mask, mask on. Yeah. Did it feel like shit? Was it horrible or did, you, did it not bother you? Not for me because I don't wear a mask on stage. Well, so. No, to see, not see people's face. It felt bad because there more people wanted to come but they couldn't come in. But this is the funny part, man. We get there. We're wearing masks because they told us to wear masks. And right outside the the club, there's a, a, shop, a marijuana shop right there in Oklahoma City. Because marijuana is oh, legal. Yeah, it's going. Yeah, it's, it's going. So it's a yeah. marijuana shop. And as we passed there, these guys wearing no masks. They go, hey, bro, you want to hit a bowl? And they passed me the bowl. And I said, nah. And I goes, my friend will hit it. So I left my friends there. And he hit him both of those guys. Oh. And right across the street from the comedy club, there was a full-on country concert. No mask, all capacity for Ooh. Cody Wilson or Cody something, a, a, a country singer. Damn, so the world's opening back up. 
That was, that, was, that was in July, bro. That was last July. Wait, that was what the fuck? Yeah, that was last August. Damn. Oh, you did say that. Damn. They were not giving a fuck. That's what there. I said, bro. What tour yeah. is he on? Eh? The they, COVID free tour? They, yeah. What? But uh, but everything in Oklahoma City was closed. Like the Dodgers, Dodge where the Dodgers play, Oklahoma City Dodgers. I try to go there and get an OKC Dodgers shirt. Oklahoma City Dodgers? It's a minor league team, AAA. <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's where Kershaw come from. That's where I'm Utley. That's where all they, they all come from. Oklahoma oh, you're State. mad into baseball. You just named uh, over yeah. two people right now. So um, <laughs> I don't follow. So um, I went over there to buy merch. Fucking closed. I went to another place. Closed, closed, closed. But we were open. And that um, country western concert was open. So Fuck yeah. Everybody and there were some do. clubs in the city, bars that were open. But not the main things were open, like McDonald's. You had to um, you, drive man, to As a comic, you, you got to think about, like, you don't want people coming out to your show. And then I went out to Felipe's show. Now I got COVID. I came home and killed my mom with the COVID. I mean, that, that happens. Like, that's been a huge thing. It almost killed comedy. It, it did, man. And I did a show. And um, these are the things I went to. I went to Florida. I went to Texas. But my craziest show where I where I was surprised they were open. I went to Portland, Oregon in November. And they were, um, they had a curfew too. Nobody out at nine, after nine. Oh, I remember that. Nobody after, out after 10 and no alcohol sold after 9 p.m. So all my shows were only 100 people a night. I had two shows every night. And the show below, believe me, we were out of there before nine. <laughs> really? And the whole, the whole city was shut down. Every night, there was a fire somewhere in the city. Or a oh, riot. those crazy yeah, riots. Was, yeah. That's right. And it was still was November, crazy. bro. November. There was, um, there was, man, it was chaos. There was, like, no more tourists. The Pendleton store, they have, an, um, they have a Pendleton store in um, Portland where they, where, where, where they started. And they were only letting two people at a time inside. Mm. With masks. got crazy. It's opening back up, though. It's starting to feel, I see people outside. At first, I saw people at restaurants like, hey, go home, motherfucker. And uh-huh. now I'm like, hey, you guys want to go to a restaurant? It's, I feel like it's time to go. Before everything closed, I hit up all the restaurants I wanted to go. Mm. My wife and I. Nice. Uh, where do you guys stay? We went to a restaurant. We live in a valley, but we went to a restaurant, this vegan restaurant called La Pura Vida. Pura Vida. It's vegan. Pura Vida. Uh, t- I went there last Thursday. You're talking about the uh, one on Santa Monica? Yeah. I went there last Thursday. Oh, shit, a week ago. Yeah, almost. he knows all the best vegan spots. Yeah. Yeah, man. And then we went there, and we had another place. And then after that, shut down. You eat hell vegan shit? Yeah. Nice. Good shit. So do you feel like you have to get back on the road for like a year before you're ready to do another special, or you feel like you got it in you now? I think I, I could do it now, but it's not going to be the way I want it, but it's going to be funny. Yeah, because I, I wrote a lot of material during the pandemic. And you your know? grandpa now. Yeah, so I wrote the because I know that I didn't work from August, from March to September, so I say that this is the first time in my life my cousin from Mexico were sending me money. <laughs> <laughs> shit, they sent back the clothes I sent them. <laughs> I started regifting you. Shit. <laughs> I wasn't afraid of that. I, I wasn't afraid of coronavirus at first, bro. Shit, I, I had to do cocaine off the floor. Mm-hmm. Yo, I picked up many of coke little rocks off the floor. In the carpet, you're not sure if it's old food? Yeah. Like, oh, no, that's a little it. yellow. Oh, it's styrofoam. I've weak. done shit like that. That's the worst feeling. I mean, that's when you feel like a fucking piece of shit. Uh-huh. I've done, I've done that shit with weed before, though. So I'm That's sure. different. You just dropped your weed, man. That's a whole... You're not searching you're right. out of fucking cocaine. <laughs> with weed, right? You start looking... 
That's the worst time when you start looking for a little nug uh-huh. in uh-huh. all the wrong places. You, just, you have that <laughs> you little like, shot of hope. You ever like do that like when you have like no more weed, but you have that bowl that's black as hell. Uh, you start scraping. Oh, the resin hits. The resin hits. I haven't done yeah. that since probably about 15, 16. Yeah, when I lived in Buffalo, that was standard procedure. That was yeah, just Yeah, he's that. from the East Coast. My, my yeah. wife, too, she's from Ohio, so that was standard. Bro. Oh, shit. Your wife is white, I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, no she's shit. from Dayton, Ohio, but she, 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 she lived in New York. She lived in Aurora, she, Colorado. She lived in a lot of places. Where'd you guys meet? The Laugh Factory. No shit. Damn. You are just doing a set? Yeah, she was a waitress team. Oh, that's On her t- first date, she was shadowing somebody. No way. Crazy. Yeah, man. That's cool. How long you guys been together? Since 2006. Marriage oh, in 2013. Long time, man. Marriage in 2014. Good shit. That's fucking awesome. How long was she still working at the Laugh Factory? Or does she still? No, she don't work there no more. She stopped working there in like 09, 011, 09, 08, I think. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. That's mm-hmm. what an organic ass place to meet and shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I mean, yeah, like doesn't get much more. I, that's a good story. I'm not my girl on MySpace. Which yeah, and um, <laughs> and during last comic standing, uh, when um, we had to every every time I would I would compete against the comedians, we would have to write down our three minute set verbatim on on paper. Oh God! And then like the the um, the unfunny NBC lawyer will read it, bro. And then he would like scratch out jokes that are not proper for NBC. And then he'll give you suggestions on how to say it better. Which is weird because you're a lawyer. You are not funny. Yeah. You all you know is all you know is how to scratch out law law stuff. You don't know how to write a joke. So uh, one of the comedians, um, he thought um the Daily Report, a daily, I guess the daily show, Roy Woods, he had a joke about Wendy's and they told him you can't say Wendy's because that's a, one of our sponsors. So the guy said this, well, we thought of, you should not say Wendy's, but you should say fast food joint. So just change the joke to, I was eating at a fast food joint. Weird. And then you say the punchline. So I was like, how can he just get rid of the, get rid of the whole joke then? Yeah. <laughs> so wait, this is last comic standing. You're yeah. competing with your Damn. set and they're switching up your set? Yeah. Every time? Every time. But I would write the joke so good that they don't have to change it, bro. Then I would just change it on yeah, TV. Yeah, that's how. <laughs> Hold on. Did they tell you they were going to do that or you had no idea they were going to start? I'm going to tell you. Because I had a couple of jokes that they wanted to change that were kind of hardcore. Like I had a joke where I say that cops always show up at the wrong time. They always show up when I'm choking her. <laughs> that's good, but I get why but NBC. They didn't get it. Eh? I understand. That's a good they one. They should have showed up earlier way when she called my mom, when she slapped my mom, you know. Would you call my mom a wet bag? Where were the cops in? Just the red pen, just like yeah, a, yeah, red. Uh, so you won last comic standing, and then everything just came, and then you then you did your movie. So th- I did my movie first, then I won last comic standing. What the fuck? Everything happened, accomplished, and then you did a Netflix special, right? Yeah, I did a Netflix special, and um, I was, and yeah, I did, I did two Netflix specials. I did it in Santa Ana, California. I, I did an English were? one and a Spanish one. Yeah, oh, the observatory. Shit. Really? In English and Spanish? Yeah, man. I, That's I, a good I was, ass idea. I was yes. watching like, a bunch of Mexican comedians, you know, getting comedy specials on Netflix from Mexico. 
And then Comedy Central giving away Mexican comedians special in Mexico, which is cool. But hey, motherfuckers, we got Mexicans here in America too. <laughs> yeah. How about giving us some shit? We've been here for years, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we so we felt like um, they forgot about us. So I said, "Fuck this, man! I'm gonna produce my own show." So I put my my own money together. My my wife and I we put our own money together, and we shot our own special in San Jose Improv. And then we sold it to HBO for triple the money. Nice. Good Fuck shit yeah. by yourself. When was and this? I own that motherfucker, bro. I still own it, bro. Hold on. After, when did you do that? I did that shit in 2000, 2013 or 14, 2015 nice. probably or 16. Before people were doing that. Really. Yeah. I shot my own special. I paid for it. And then my agent, he sold it to HBO. And then um, HBO had a run with it for two years. Then after it was over, I took the special back. I own it. Beautiful. And then I'm going to I'm try, try, re- try to sell that one to, H, to um, Netflix. So this special, no, nobody, nobody, it's not, nobody can find it. You know, it's, not, it's not anywhere because I own it. Wow. Yeah. That's sick, but you could, you could package it with your next one. Say, yeah. like, I'll license you this old one with the next one, too. Yeah, so my wife, she um, produced that one and she edited it. No shit? It. Yeah. So the second special, the one, the Spanish one I did, and the English one, that one was with with, with um, Netflix. Oh, they they gave smart. me a deal, bro. Nice. They saw the last one. Nice. They know this guy knows how to do specials. They see what he could do with our money. Beautiful. So they gave me like a bunch of money to um, shoot <laughs> two specials. So I, I I try to go as cheap as I can to shoot them both. Save that money. Save money, and um, we shot it. We made money off of it, and now it's on Netflix. It's called um, Bad Decisions in English and, and uh, Mala Decisiones and in Spanish. And it's on Netflix right now? Yeah, because I already had the English one ready when I got the Netflix deal. But then it's the, I told him, you know, I'm going to do two specials, English and Spanish at the same time. Can you speak Spanish? See, sí. <laughs> But not well. So uh, I told him, yeah, I lied. So I, I had a show at the comedy store in Spanish, and they went to go see me, but I didn't know they were going to be there, and they didn't like it. No? They were going to just shut the door down on it. a Spanish one right there. They said, no, no, he ain't ready. So that I, instead of crying and saying, fuck these motherfuckers, and I said, okay, man, tell them um, next time they want to see me, I'll be ready. So I had three months. I had like a half a year. So I started going to Mexico, bro. Yeah. Started going to Tijuana, Mexico one twice a month. Well shit. Started doing all Spanish shows when I can because I work Friday and Saturday, Sunday. There's no time in the weekend to do an, a Spanish show. Cause I make I'm an English comedian. So I started booking myself in t- Tuesday Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, off nights, Thursdays, Sundays. And then like I will come home from the road from doing like six English shows. And then I would the next day I would drive to Tijuana and do a Spanish show. Really and then from Tijuana I'll go drive to do a show on Wednesday. So I was doing the Spanish and and then trying to switch it off. How far into your career was this? This is re- like, then last year, before the pandemic, two thousand nineteen. You're retraining yourself on how to do this. Is this In is Spanish, fucking awesome, bro. man? So what I did was I went when, when I went to Mexico, I met a comedian named named Joel Sotomayor. And he's like a fluent Spanish speaker comedian. So him and I, I would, 
I took him on the road with me a couple of times, and he saw my set. He and he he recorded on his phone, and that food translated the whole thing. Wow! And then I saw his notes, and I changed it, and he helped me a lot. So then I started going to like Casa Torres here in Silmar, in San Fernando, like a Mexican bar <clears throat> with four banquet halls. So I said, "Hey, man, I want to do it." I asked my friend, um, my friend um, that that runs it, and he said, "Yeah, bro, we'll do a Spanish show for you." So we do a Spanish show, bro. Free. Free. Wow. They're all free. I never, I never like, I never got paid for the Spanish shows. Even when they, even though when they made money, like if they would pay me, give me the money, I would just give it to the comedians that were with me. Like Good the shit. young comics. Hey, bro, here's the money. You got divided. Here's all the money. You got divided. So awesome. I want to get better, bro. It's not about the money. So that place, bro, was Free, right? But you got to get there at 5. Bro, from 5 o'clock, show starts at 8.30. People getting fucked up right there at Casa Torres and Silmar. From 5 to 9, standing room only, bro. Like, they were, you couldn't get in, bro. You couldn't buy tickets to this place. You got to just get there early. I destroyed that motherfucker, bro. I did an hour and 20 minutes in Spanish. Wow, what the fuck? And I didn't know I was, I was flowing, bro, making fun of people. <laughs> And they didn't know they put, but the Netflix guy were there. Oh, nice. That's they gave oh, me the sealed special. it. How random. They gave me the special right so there, bro. You're ready. Um, they gave me the special, and they gave me the date. And they filmed everything for you? Yeah, and after that, I just started practicing my shows. Still going to Mexico to get it perfect. And then I shot it in Santa Ana. Bro, everything was ready. We were going to shoot it on a Tuesday, but then Kobe Bryant dies. Oof. Oh man! You know the whole LA shut down after yes. that, bro. Like everybody was sad. So um, we were gonna still shoot the special. So we get to the show on Tuesday, and a lot of people are wearing Kobe Bryant jerseys to the show, and we have to tell them you can't wear that shit because we're not we're, we don't have we don't have a licensing for oh, um, to NBA. Wear oh. yeah. so, so they couldn't wear it. They were all bummed out. Damn, you still shot. You still, you're still I shot special, man. How, how was that experience? Like they the came first show, I, I felt that they were like bummed, but the second show, I came in strong, bro. I came in hot, <laughs> and the next day, I did my Spanish one, and the guy, the guy from Netflix, he heard the first. He, he saw the special. He goes, "Felipe, you did it." He told me in Spanish, "You did it." Don't worry, because we're going to probably take this one and show it on Netflix. So just have fun in the next one. Mm. So the next, pe- the, when I recorded the second the second special in Spanish, because I, I, I did two in English, so they could edit both and make a good one. And I did two in Spanish, so they could edit both, do a good one, wear the same clothes. Yeah. But the, my special in Spanish, I'm so proud of it, bro, because it really came out good. I like it. But you know when they, I like it, and then people, some people were saying, "Well, we don't speak Spanish like that in Venezuela, we don't speak Spanish like that in Mexico." Yeah, that's good, but we speak Spanish like that in California, and we speak Spanish like that in Texas, and we speak Spanish like that in New York. This is our Spanish. You don't like it? Turn it off. Yeah, you can't please everybody, man. You can't please everybody, bro. And yeah. you only need the people that are willing to appreciate. It's like an Australian saying they, they speak weird English in America or some shit. Yeah, no, you support to support, man. Yeah, man. But that's cool that you. Is that I, the first time that it, that's been done? The first time that anybody's ever done an English and a Spanish special together on Netflix. Damn. 
But um, now people are more people are gonna do them. Um, Tom Segura, he's doing uh, yes, I did see uh, a Spanish special. Did you find that you got a lot of new fans off that? Yes, I have a lot of people who are like. The, I wanted to do a special because I have fans at your age who love me, but and they go translate the jokes in Spanish to their dads, so now they can watch a special together. Mm. Nice man, you brought them together. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I fuck with that. Yeah, that's how Josh got so successful on Facebook and YouTube and shit. He said because he's like like families watch my comedy. Yeah, man, he appealed to more. When I did my Spanish special in Long Beach, that's when I started noticing like groups of people going out together for the first time. Like there was this hardcore thug, bro, with like his whole from Long Beach. His head LB tattoo on the back of his head. He he brought his dad and his mother and his grandmother and his sisters. And they were like a group of fifteen. And they saw the Spanish show. And he 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 was he telling me, Felipe, I was so happy you did a show in Spanish, because I always tell my father and my dad took a day off today to watch this show and um we're going to go buy a 12-pack right now, an 18-pack. We're going to get fucked up at the house and just talk about your show. And, uh, man, I, I never done this with my parents. And we, we never went out together. We never did this before. You could tell, like, he didn't want it to end, you know, that feeling. Yeah, of course. That feeling you have. You the bond, connection you bonded. have, the bonding you have with your father or your mom. He didn't want it to end. So they were going to go fucking watch Netflix special and drink some beers and have a good time. That's Fuck cool, yeah. man. You that's see, what I, it's all for. That's what it's all about, right? I mean, that's yeah. the point. I never chilled with my grandpa. He he speaks broken English. My grandma's like, says some shit in Spanish. I, they never taught me, you know what I mean? Because I grew up with my mom. So like that feeling, I've never yeah. had that before. Never chilled with my grandpa anywhere in my yeah, life. Yeah, me either. Ever. Nothing. Because the, the, the translation is so fucked. He just yeah. gets frustrated with me and shit. So I get that a lot. Like, you know, if anybody saw the special in English, but then I saw it in Spanish. Then I saw it with my mom, and we both loved it. But I really liked the Spanish Spanish or better. Nice. Because it's more personal to me. That's what they tell me. How, did you feel really confident in it by the time you did I it? did. I did, man. I really felt comfortable. Nice. The thing I, I love about this the most is the fact that you're already seasoned, established, and you go, no, I'm going to go practice. I'm going to go practice on something I'm not comfortable with yet. And I started at the bottom, bro. Like, I didn't want to be like that comedian that goes into a room and just starts saying, I ain't put me up next. You start bumping a, young, a lot of young comics. Mm-hmm. I actually there was a comedian named Patty, and um, <laughs> her name Patricia. Her her Instagram is Soy Tu Puta Madre. Oh, shit. She was headlining a sold out show at the um, the Greek Palace in San Diego. It's called um, it's a comedy club in um, San Diego. I can't think of it right now. The name, the real name, but the Greek the Greek Palace, and. Um, she was headlining on a Sunday night, sold out show. So I called her, I, I emailed her and emailed the club. Hey, is there any way I could do a five-minute set on her show? Just open. And she said, yeah, it would be an honor. Fuck yeah. So go there, bro, and do five minutes. And I kill in five minutes. I was happy, like, like a new comedian going over his jokes, listening, hoping my girl spark happy. again and shit. I felt like the first time I did comedy, I felt excited, you know, like I want to do this more. So I kept going there every week. And then finally, um, I put up my own comedy show in Spanish with a bunch of comedians. And I gave them all the money. And then I started doing my own show by myself, doing a whole hour there. And that's how I started practicing and I got comfortable. 
That's awesome, man. That's inspiring as shit to be like, like I said, to be so in it already. And to just practice, like you said, you didn't use anybody to bump it. You just waited and waited for your spot. Yeah, man. Luckily, this happened before the pandemic. So pandemic starts in March after I shot my special. So um, my my special, um, Bad Decisions, aired on Netflix in September of the pandemic. Wow. So I didn't go to, I, I, I was supposed to start going on tour right wow. after my special. So we, that was delayed. So I have a new tour that we're starting in a um, couple of months. Probably in August. How many tour dates do you usually do on a, like on a tour? 30. Oh, wow. 30 d- different cities? Or? Yeah. 20 probably this year because of the pandemic. But yeah, man, my start, starting my tour is going to be the um, Felipe Esparza Unmasked Tour. Unmasked? Where can they find, like, get tickets? or Felipe'sWorld.com. Felipe'sWorld.com? I'm coming to Visalia, Napa Valley, Monterey, Salinas, Visalia, San Diego, I'm coming to Porter. No, 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 no. Portland. Nice. So you're doing the West Coast? Yes. I'm coming to Fort Myers. Where's that? I'll at? be off the hook comedy club in Fort Myers. Where's that at? Fort Myers, Florida. Oh, Florida. So you are going to go to the East Coast? Yeah. Nice, nice. Do you ever go to international since you're doing Spanish? You're going to go to Mexico? Not yet, but hopefully, man, if things happen, maybe I could go open up for Tom Segura in Mexico. Sick. Good thing. Yeah, good thing cooking, man. That's great. So that's my, my webpage right there. And FelipeSworld.com. June 26th, I'll be at Calusa Casino in, in Sacramento. Oh. July 2nd, I'll be in Royalsford, Pennsylvania. J- July 9th through the 11th, Tempe, Arizona. July 23rd to the 25th, Addison Improv. July 30th to the 1st, San Jose Improv. Oh, you are not right. Oh. August 5th through the 8th. Oxnard. August 12th through the 18th, August 12th through the 15th, and then Pittsburgh, California, August 20th through 22nd, Naples, Florida, Off the Hook Comedy Club, and so on, people. Wow. How do you, what do you do on your downtime, man? You are gone like a rock star on the road that long? Well, when I'm at home, I, I take my grandson to school in the morning, and I pick him up, and I go swimming with him. See, you got that whole new lifestyle, You made it, man. sir. Yeah, you get a whole new lifestyle. That's great. You get to rate. Oh, man. That's- he does comedy, what, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Comes yeah. home to his grandson and shit. Yeah. I love it. Congratu- yeah, congratulations, man. Yeah, man. Thanks. Okay, so Felipe's, co- and that starts when? June 20. 20- oh, soon. A couple yeah. days. California. Okay. Oh, sold out already. Okay. Well, guys, go, go check well, we it out. We had a second Felipe's show, World. man, on the 26th. You added a second show? Yeah, I'll be there with a, a guy named Larry Bubbles Brown. Very funny. He opens up for Dana Carvey, Dave Attell. He opens up. He has, he has opened up for Louis C.K. He opened up for a lot of people. And um, I have Bush Escobar from Nor- Northern California and Rodrigo Torres from the What's Up Food podcast. Nice. Oh, so please tell us, where can everybody find your podcast? Check out my podcast on Spotify. It's called the What's Up Food podcast. We have over 300 episodes. Wow. We, we've, we've interviewed uh, Miklo from Blood In, Blood Out. How is that? Bro, all we do is talk about Blood In, Blood Out for a fucking hour and a half. That's great. That's bro. all I wanted to do. The, the one thing I'm asking, like, yo, why'd you hit your chest so hard when you did that shit? Right yeah. when he comes off the, he, he punched himself in the fucking chest. Damn, 300 episodes. Wow, good shit. How long, how long has it been going? I don't know. We started um, in five years ago, I think. 
344 episodes, man. It's goals. And um, we, I interviewed um, Dave Chappelle's partner on my show, Neil uh, Brennan. About, yeah, Neil and Brennan. And they talk about uh, what happened when Chappelle left. Mm. Oh, with season three, lost episodes? Yes. Yeah. And then I talk. I, I interviewed um, Gilbert, Gil Carrillo, the guy who cut the Night Stalker. Really? The guy from the Netflix special. The guy that caught the night stalker. You talking about the detective? Detective, yeah. I interviewed him before his Netflix special. So you got all the details. Yeah, first. So everything on my podcast you can learn more about Richard Ramirez. Also interviewed a guy who I met. <clears throat> he goes, Felipe, I voted for you when, when I was in prison. Wait a minute. You voted me when I was in prison. Yeah, Felipe, I was serving uh I was I was serving uh twenty five years to life. And I got out on an innocence program because I didn't do it. Wow. So him and I became friends, and I interviewed him in a podcast, and I found out that um, he was accused of a, he was wrongfully accused of a murder in, in, when, he was nine, when he was 18, 19 years old. And then tw- 25 years later, he, he comes out a free man. 25 years they let him? Yeah, he, was, he didn't do it. It was they, the, the guy who said, who pointed him out and said he did it. He said that, um, listen, man, when I pointed him out, I was pressured by the by the uh, um, arresting officers. They were going to close this case so bad, and I just pointed him out. I'm so sorry. I could have I pointed out anybody, but I pointed you out. How Who's do you pay home? somebody back for that? Yeah, he sued, bro. He got $10 million. $10 million is great. But, but fuck years. that, dude. Yeah, and, and, and let me tell you, man. Um, his name is Frank Carrillo, and he, he um, the guy is so positive, bro. You would think that, like, I could never do that. Come on, I'll be an angry man, bro. I probably wouldn't even make it to the innocence program because I'd probably kill somebody and they'll die in there. This guy, um, no tattoos, not that it matters, but he has no tattoos, not bitter. Like, you know, he, he's not one of those guys, you know, fuck the guys who arrested me, you know. Yeah. He went back to school. He did everything he wanted to do. He went back to school. He couldn't graduate from college. He ran for city commissioner of his town. And he's doing good things, bro. That's a he's a positive amazing. guy. Very positive guy. It's a great story. And you just met him randomly? Randomly, bro, on the streets. And he was telling, because it was funny, because before the podcast, he was telling me that, no, Felipe, like, there were some people that are watching you on television, and then they would yell out, Number five, number five. So, cause, now, number, what does that mean? Because you were number five one day. So it, it was, we, we had to call a number and press five to vote for you. Oh, wow. Good shit. You had support like that. That's great. So you, everyone, all walks of life. People at home are watching. People yeah. in prison are voting. Damn. I met a guy that was, that was a fireman for um, Sacramento. And he told me that um, he got in trouble because um, he automatically... Dialed. He 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 automatically um, dialed um, the winning the the number to vote for me to every city employee, bro. Oh, good use connections like that. <laughs> That's support. That's better than any yeah. flyer you could ever ask for. I don't for, know what, the, what those comedians have on that, but I don't think they do. And what really helped me was when I, when they were showing Last Comic Standing on Channel Four, NBC. They interviewed me and they asked me, Felipe, if you went two hundred fifty thousand dollars. What are you going to do with that money? The other comedians were saying, oh, buy a house. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to buy this. And, I, and I, the first thing that came out of my mind, I didn't have to think about it. I said, you know what, man? If I win, I'm going to donate some of my proceeds to Father Greg Boyle from Homeboy Industry. 
because they want to help me get here. Homo Industries, the, that's a building over here downtown. Yeah, that's Father Greg Boyle. He's the one that helped me out when I was a crackhead and put me in rehab. Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh, the two dudes that walked in, you said? What? The two dudes that walked in and called your wife. Oh, you're talking about, you didn't talk about this earlier. You said two of the OGs or the big homies came in and cleaned you and that crackhead up, the guy that you met. Remember he said he called your wife or something? Well, that was, that was, that was after when I was doing stand-up comedy. Oh, that's not them. No, man. this before when I, was, when I was in my 20s. Oh, he's the, the first time first I sobered guy. up. Gotcha, first sober. He, 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 Father Greg Boyle helped me, and I, um, I got cleaned up for like 10 years, so. What, what is Homeboy Industries? What is I've seen the building. Homeboy Industry is a place where they help people that um, come out of prison and they can't have jobs. So Father Greg um, helps them get jobs, helps them get skills. So most of these guys come out of prison and Father Greg helps them get jobs all over the country. Really? That's, I, I had no idea when what Father, it was. When Father Greg first started, um, he would go to a job and go, listen, man, can you hire these guys? No, we can't. We can't afford it. Okay, how about this? I'll pay them. I'll pay them a minimum wage to work at your job. But don't tell them that I'm paying them. But let them work there and get a skill. And if they get good at it, maybe you go hire one. Yeah. So that's how he started. So five guys will work there. And they'll only hire one. So then he'll take the, and then But Father Gray was paying them the whole time. He's really trying to help, man. He, he was paying him out of his pocket to work there. Was he an ex-inmate or something, well, too? Father Greg's a priest. Oh, that's why. Oh. Father Greg Boyle. And it's just called Homeboy Industries. Yeah. He's a, he's a Catholic. He's a priest. Wow. I've never heard He saved story. all these kids, but all these kids were in prison. That guy right there to the left, his name is William. The guy to the right, the Asian guy, his name is Hong. His family escaped uh, the Viet Cong, bro, from Vietnam. His whole, his real father, I think, was killed in Vietnam during the war. But he came in here as, as a three-year-old. I grew up with that kid. And the one over there to the left, oh, my God. See the guy right there? That guy right there, with the, that's William. See the guy back there? Yeah. That guy just got out. He, I don't want to say his name, but I'll say it off, off, the, off here. He grew up in my neighborhood, bro. He got locked up in 1979. He just got out. Whoa. Yeah, he got he got locked up when he was no the guy the other guy the older man on the left with the on the mustache. left the last guy him he got locked he, up in 1979 1979 yes he just got out bro he he shot at a, at a LAPD helicopter when we were little kids oh wow he was like a 19 20 year old kid 19 year old 18 year old kid and like he was being chased and he sh he was crazy he just got out bro like where is this guy gonna get help bro like we had no resume. Everything yeah. that happened in life happened when he was in prison. Computers, CDs, cassettes, you know, whatever, man. Atari, internet. Nintendo, the internet, you know what I mean? His whole life passed him by. But without Father Greg Boyle, this guy had no chance of, you know, of anything, man. That's amazing. He's the one that helped you out. He's the one that, he's the one that helped me out. So That's when I, I was on NBC, awesome. I said, what are you going to do with your money? I'm going to donate it, bro. I'm going to donate to him. Help out all these guys. Good so shit, every man. year I donate money. So that's amazing. What what a oh, cause, God. a cause that actually you can see the result. And not just that, you know, like um, he he started other program like there's a, a thing called Impacto, and it's like um the only women's shelters. You know, like, you know when a woman gets old, you know, like seventy or something, has nowhere to go. You know, you know, or family's gone. So there's a place called Impacto, and they help um 
they have an older women now, like a, a homeless shelter for senior citizen women. Wow. Yeah. Man, this man's just radiating positivity out here. Yeah, man. Father Greg Boyle, great. man. Like he was he's a real G, bro. Like I remember when um when he was like when he was um back in the eighties during the Salvadorian war, he was over there helping and he got caught up, bro, by the guerrillas and he found out who he was, bro. They blindfolded him, took him back to the city and released him. Oh, because they knew he was that guy. He, knew he, was, a, he was a man, bro. Damn. Wow. A lot of a lot of people have been. He has he has also um, helped. He has baptized also a lot of people in juvenile hall. Kids who were not baptized, he baptized them. So he's a god a godfather to a lot of kids. A lot of kids, you know, um, got good jobs from him. You know, a lot of kids. You know, um, I know that one girl that grew up in the same neighborhood. She's like a, a assistant director for a, a major um, production company that makes commercials. Yeah, so yeah, he's a good guy. That's amazing, man. Thank you for getting that story out. I had no idea what that was. Yeah, I've had him on a podcast too. So if you want to listen to the podcast, really, Father Greg Boyle on the What's Up Fool on the podcast. What's Up Fool podcast. That's great. Thank you for that. I didn't know that. I see, I see the the building all the time when I come yeah. downtown. Nice, man. Well, I know the we've building been here. You, you look at it, it's a cafe. They own a cafe. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a restaurant, and then it looks like they sell glove or like so they sell restaurant. gear. And it's shit. a restaurant. They make their other food there, other bakery. Tortillas, it's all made by homeboy. Yeah, I had no idea what that. I was, I was like, was that no fear? What the fucking no fear building? What was this? Because I just, you know what I mean? Like, I had no idea what it was. Can't believe they got got out. Crazy, huh? Homeboy industry Shark Tank. Yeah, I thought yeah. I had seen them on Shark Tank. That's a great, that's a great cause, man. Especially you can see it happen. Well, I know we've been here for a minute. Yeah, man. I want to, I want to thank you for coming. Thanks for having me, bro. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for. Thank you for talking to me and Marty for this long. It's been it's been like all closer to over two hours. Oh, yeah, glad. yeah, yeah, yeah it's been for sure. Hell yeah, we really. What's it. up, fool? If you want to follow me, man, I'm Felipe Esparza, comedian on Instagram or Funny Felipe, Funny Felipe on Twitter or just Felipe'sWorld.com, man. I hope um you guys like the interview, man. Just want to say I'm not bragging about anything, man, and um and I, I changed my life, you know. And um, it takes, it's very hard, man, if you're struggling out there. And call Father Greg, man. Call somebody. Get and, help. And, and in no way, just for you, in no way do we do you sound like you're bragging at all. All right. At all. So don't, okay, don't, good, don't think eh? that. No, not no. in any way. I'm not, I'm not glorifying none of that. Eh? No, no. You're good, man. Thank all you right. so much. I appreciate it. So cool. Felipe'sWorld.com. Yes, Felipe'sWorld.com. Instagram, Felipe Esparza as Comedian. And you said Funny Felipe on Twitter. Yeah, if you want to watch me acting, I'm in a movie with Pauly Shore called um, oh, shit. The Guest House. I'm in a movie with um, Jimmy O. Yang and Cedric the Entertainer. It's called The Opening Act. So we should just IMBD this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, Steve yeah. Byrne made that, right? The Guest House? or The, the Opening Act or no? Steve Byrne, yeah, I'm in yeah. that one. He's Steve Byrne directed. He actually put me in a movie as the cab driver. Good yeah. shit. See, as a kid, man, when you look at these things late night, like, also, NBC Superstore, I played Cody, so. Oh, I'm, the Superstore. I'm in the last season. My homies are fucking addicted to that show. You're talking about where it's just a grocery store, yeah. right? Good shit, man. That's great. You're yeah, I'm in that one. Guest house. I'm in that one. I play a priest, Father Jeff. That's amazing. Man, that's great. It's an like, accomplishment, man. Mexican comedian. Now you're having a movie, and you're in the movies now? See that, that, that right there? Right, see right there? That's the movie I did. I'm not like that no more. Wait. That's not you. Yeah, I, with no beard. You're lying. That's crazy. Yeah, that's me right there. 
That's you. That doesn't look like you at all. I wouldn't have guessed it at all. Yeah, buddy. What? Please pop that picture up on the screen when we when you edit this, Marty. Because that <laughs> don't look like you in any way, shape, or form. What? <laughs> I know I'm, I, I look like uh, Selena's killer. <laughs> oh, that's fucked. <laughs> I want to talk to my parents or my mother. All right, let's get out of here. Let's just stop. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out. What's up, boo? Thank you so much. Thanks uh, for having me. Guys, uh, thank you so much for watching. Have a dope-ass day. This has been Felipe Esparza. All right. Woo! That was fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, man.